0: Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut, drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks. Hello everyone, welcome back to Measuring Flicks. Welcome back. That's cool. Where'd we go? We, do that. Wait. No, we went away for a minute, but I'm still <laughs> Carl Hartley. And I'm, here. I'm still Max Peterson, apparently. Um, we are... Moving forward, yeah, yeah, we'll just we'll just steamroll right on over top of that. Um, <laughs> we are continuing our series on masks. Following, dude, it's been uh, it's been a weird roller coaster month so far. We start with Dark Knight Rises, where we've got just intense emotional roller coaster of profound master work, and then we then we watched The Mask that had Jim Carrey in it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that, yeah, that's totally a... different. Than- the first one? Yeah, bit the of first. a departure. Yeah. <laughs> and all right, so dude, I-, I had never seen this movie. Today, we are talking about 2006's Behind the Mask The Rise of Leslie Vernon, directed by Scott Glosserman, starring Nathan Basil. By the way, let's talk about Nathan Basil for a second. This dude Nathan has Basil. Dude, he has only done three movies.
1: Like, where did this dude go, man? Like, this. He's on it.
0: He's, he's doing all the work No shit dude After watching this movie twice in like 20 hours Just couldn't not uh, I, I immediately grabbed Bird And I was like Bird You need to stop what you're doing You need to come watch this movie with me And she's like well no because I'm an adult And I have responsibilities I have things to do today Just because you live like a child Like a, <laughs> like a fanciful child I'm
1: gonna go watch movies And then I'm gonna draw books And, uh, poop, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nap
0: uh, yeah. Let's see what today Sometimes feels. Feel maybe like child. I think today I'm going to read some comic books, play guitar, mm-hmm. uh, write mm-hmm. a screenplay about a murderer, and watch t- three films, and then get high. What do you? Uh, what do you got going on? Brad's like, um, I have like a <laughs> job, house, tasks, shopping. I'm gonna feed the dog.
2: <laughs> yep. This um, sounds
0: familiar. <laughs> oh my god, though, dude. Like he is so. He. This is the guy who plays Leslie Leslie Vernon in yeah. this movie. He is so f- unfucking believably good in this movie. He's worked on like a bunch of TV and two other yep. films that kind of look like they didn't really make much of a splash.
1: No, I think like direct to video. Like, he, but only two DVDs were received by Family Video or whatever. Like, yeah, like mul- not big direct to DVD. like release. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is film five. Uh,
0: yeah. 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 In a. 400 film set um also starring angela Gothels, robert england who great cameo what a great use of the cameo you don't just throw him in Absolutely. to be a face he's got a little bit of meat you know just um, a little bit of meat just a, a smidgen of meat um also starring zelda rubinstein and scott wilson um as the the like the final girl and the other like killer from the past guy that's that's the Scott Wilson Zelda Rubenstein dude Scott coupling. Wilson
1: man he's incredible in this he's incredible in everything that's true he's one of the best like character actors for this kind of part I think he was in like The Walking Dead he was in like season two and yeah. three
0: he's in a bunch of The Walking like, Dead
1: yeah. But he's just like, if you need someone to play a kind of a creepy old dude, but you kind of want to be his friend, because it kind of reminds you of your grandpa, but he's kind of more creepy than you want him to be. Right. You get this dude.
0: This is the guy. And anybody who's like, oh, I I hope Scott Wilson's doing okay. He's doing just fucking fine. Go look at his IMDb. This motherfucker does like four films a year, and he has been in some awesome shit. He was in The Exorcist 3. He's yep. in. He's been in, like, a whole shitload of sci-fi films that are all incredible. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, he's in, I think, six or eight episodes of The Walking Dead, so Scott Wilson's yep. killing it. Another weird, he's doing all right. Another thing I thought was strange, the Scott Glosserman cat, the dude who directed this, he has only directed, like, five things, period. There's one that's in pre-production right now called Before the Mask, which is going to be, I think, a prequel to this, a sequel, prequel, territory. Okay. But I think it's kind of interesting. he again is gonna write and direct and he's got um, Nathan Basil returning as Leslie Vernon. So interesting. yeah, but I looked at some of the other shit that he's directed and it's like Oop. I don't understand. yeah, I don't understand why this movie didn't immediately flip well, into like I,
1: I kind of I kind of do understand though because there are moments and we'll talk about it where this this movie skates the edge of holy fuck, this is one of the most brilliant horror movies I've ever seen, and this is total garbage. It like skates that line, and it could very easy easily have tipped one way or the other, because it's not that great, but it is that great. It's it, so fucking weird. Because when watching it on repeat, like the thirtieth time, yeah, I'm like, there's some moments where I'm like, oh, mm, but then it saves itself and it's
0: fine. Like, what is I don't the, know, what? What do you unique... have in mind in particular? The, uh, stuff that because I've seen it tw- stuff that. I've seen it twice, and I honestly like having watched it twice. There's there's stuff in here. Like it's it's this movie to me is kind of like a. And I know this sounds like sacrilegious to say, but this is like a slightly better version of Tucker and Dale versus Evil.
1: Absolutely, it's got that. Well, that movie gets a lot of praise because of its production value and the cast. I mean, Alan Tudyk can do no wrong. Yeah, for fucking sure, for sure.
0: (laughs) But um, it there's another movie that. When I watched this I immediately thought of two other films And I think it's kind of cool Because I think it. There's a this movie is the tension point Between those two movies One is uh, a, a film a lot of people are familiar with uh, Cabin in the Woods This movie mm-hmm. to me Now meta horror has been around for a long time This is definitely meta horror For those of you who don't mm-hmm. know Behind the Mask is like a faux documentary type thing We follow around a documentary crew as they kind of
1: like Blair Witchy in a way it almost feels found footagey in some sense because they're filming a documentary about Leslie Vernon.
0: Yeah, it's the Blair Witch project if the kids in the Blair Witch project went straight out and found the witch and then followed the witch around as the witch tormented another group of kids. Exactly exactly what it is, this is yeah, yeah that's precisely what this what this film is and, and
1: they knew and they also knew how to use a camera yeah <laughs> <instead> of,
0: <laughs> yeah because the 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 film crew that this lady's carting around with her they at least have they some, know
1: how to do like a zoom like white balance yeah. and f stops and like, right. all that
0: kind of shit and also it is camera it terms. is 2006 so there is like image stabilization so you don't have to vomit the whole time you watch this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not shitting on Blair Witch I love Blair Witch Project I think that's a great film Bird hates it I, I'm i not sure you, uh, Based on your face I think you don't like it very much either
1: Oh no I like it You dig Blair Witch? I like it just Yeah Fine I, I, I dig it Yeah I dig it fine It's okay I like the. I like what it is I like that it was this Totally avant-garde Like experimental way To make a movie And right. that it worked
0: Yeah yeah Like
1: they were able to pull it off
0: The backstory to speed. it Is a big part I think it's boring it. as fuck
1: but I think it's a good movie. Bird thought the general. same thing.
0: She hated it. I I remember, I, the reason that I think Blair Witch is good is because of how much it, the idea of it scared me as a kid because I thought it was real. But um, so Cabin in the Woods, really quick. Cabin in the Woods kind of hits the beats that Cabin in the Woods borrows from this or uses that that this movie also uses are acknowledging the tropes of a horror movie. And using mm-hmm. ritual or tradition to explain why it must be so,
1: like we name drop the big three in the first two minutes of this movie. Yeah, opening. We're in Haddonfield. We're in Springfield, and we're in fucking um Elm Street. wherever the other one. Went. Elm. Street. Well,
0: yeah, it's Springfield, Illinois, right? Uh, Springfield. Like anyway. Yeah. We get Fred. We get we it's get oh Mike, Camp and Crystal Lake. Jason. Jason. Yeah. Cap- yeah, that's right. Camp so they're yeah. It's like. Um, I think it starts with Camp Crystal Lake, where uh, the yep. where a drown a presumed drowned boy Jason Voorhees has returned year after year to blah blah blah, and it's crazy to hear Michael Myers in a movie that's not a Halloween movie where you're like they're just yeah, straight bring up me back a little bit, or or uh, Frederick Krueger and you're like what the. F- they're straight up mentioning all the three big hitters of like supernatural horror slasher films as though they were all real and live in a shared universe. That's where they immediately plop you down in this, and you're like, "Fucking love it so much!" It, yeah, do you know what just occurred to me? This is this movie also kind of owes a little bit of um, owes a little bit to Scream, the Wes Craven Scream series, where there's the dude who understands the rules of a horror movie and recognizes. We can get. Yep. We'll do scream someday where we talk about how that character is actually like a. Uh, um, he's kind of a shaman. He gets he get it's the stoner who knows all the rules. So he gets fucked up yes. on like psychedelics and can see through the matrix. Can
1: see through it. Yeah. Yeah. He
0: sees through. He you can re- pull
1: back the curtain on reality. Yeah. He
0: realizes it. where that they're not actually in reality. They're in a horror film, and there are separate rules that he must follow. And then he imparts that wisdom from his all-seeing point beyond the veil of reality. I love it. Anyway. It, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so there's a movie that's older. I <laughs> uh, saw so Trinity puppy behind you for a second. Oh, she, yeah, she's, she's been, gone now. She's been running around all morning. Um, there's a movie older than this one that is almost exactly There this. are many movies that are older than this one. I know, one. they made movies all before right. 2006. I just found this out this morning. Um, no, but there's another film that we haven't covered yet but was supposed to be in rotation for season three. It's called Man Bites mm-hmm. Dog and I don't know if our listeners have seen this, this is a bit more obscure than the smash extravaganza blast that Cabin in the Woods is. Man Bites Dog is about a documentary film crew who follow around a serial killer. It is essentially the exact same plot as this if you took out the horror movie fan stuff and took out the supernatural horror element. If it was actually, um, oh, what the fuck? fuck is that movie uh henry portrait of a serial killer Ooh, shit if, yeah if that was shot as a documentary that's what man bites dog is and man bites dog actually it's a little more heavy than very heavy oh
1: my gosh jason and stuff
0: yeah man bites right. dog remember that we have our master list that we're whittling down the yep, f- we do. 50 yep. most disturbing films man bites dog down is there? usually in the top 20 yeah because one, one of the aspects of that movie that i f- that I love. It's on the Criterion channel right now. Anybody who has that, go and take a look. It's kind of heavy. It's fucked. Be ready. It's intense. Um, you got to give them a warning, Carl. You can't just dump people into no, movies like No, I get like it. That. Absolutely. Um, you can't just name drop and then. Yeah, go check out. Anybody seen a Serbian film? It's it's good. Check it out. And then that's all you give them, and they start watching it, and then they're like, "What am I seeing?"
1: We get we get blamed for people's psychosis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a good. good.
0: Idea. We got to be responsible. Um. But that movie kind of does the same thing that this movie does. I'm positive that Glosserman saw Man Bites Dog because one of the best parts of Man Bites Dog is as they're following the serial killer around, he starts to rely on the documentary film crew to help him complete kills successfully. Like, little shit like, oh, here, oh, shit, I forgot, lock that door. So like the cameraman locked the door And then the cameraman after the fact Has to kind of like think come to terms with Wait a minute I locked a door That prevented an escape I'm directly Responsible for this person's death Then it gets to like it warn anybody That he's about to nuke this librarian like. Right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, But it gets progressively Further and further until they're like I don't want to I will not spoil man Its Dog but the documentary film crew Essentially ends up just completely partaking. They've they fall Oh fuck. They fall way down into like becoming it turns gonzo. They get pretty deep into the serial killer's world and it really starts to fuck them up and divide them as a group. Looks like
1: that fuck me up man cuz you as the viewer, right. we've talked about this many times time. Yeah. You're kind of on the ride with them and you're complicit. Yeah, it's it's the
0: same degrees. it's the same thing that made Funny Games so effective. exactly right. God,
1: damn it, I keep coming back to Funny Games. Like the the fact that that film is now in our collective unconscious as measuring flicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild, man. It's because there's a lot. There's a
0: lot. Uh, I love that's a lot (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot I love adding to our my
1: brain for a second (laughs) well that and
0: straw dogs I think have been the most valuable additions to our our like film brain libraries because we come back to those so often as touchstones of especially films that sort of indict the viewer as voyeur which this movie does as well
1: it very much does It
0: very much so does it very much does Yes. It very, does much so. Um, <laughs> wow. So, when did you first come to this film?
1: Okay. Uh, uh, upon release, this, I believe, had maybe a limited release in theaters, but it was maybe like uh, shopping it at, at film festivals and shit like that. Gotcha. So, it was pretty much direct to DVD. This came out when I was managing um, Family Video.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so, I got it as a pre street rental. The new releases always came out on Thursdays or whatever. We get them Mondays. As soon as they were um, processed and ready to go, we could take them home and screen them. Mm. So I saw this like three days before it was released to the world. Yeah. And, dude, I watched it by myself. And I was like, this is one of the most amazing movies I ever saw. I called my buddy Mike and I called my buddy Joe, who is Joe is another... Uh, he was at the Quillen Filmies with us. Yeah, Joe year.
0: won the uh, the audience participation. He won the six pack. thing. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like,
1: Joe, this movie's amazing. He's like, Yeah, no, dude, I just fucking watched it. It's like the best horror movie ever. Yeah, man, that guy, the guy we got the six pack too. Six Perfect. pack guy, uh huh. So he'll
0: never notice that we dipped out and then had to come back in because I did it so smoothly. I know it's it except when you. It's almost like when you draw attention to what we did that it. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's dude it's skype people are bearing with us beautifully Absolutely. these days which we appreciate listeners right so i call him i'm like man motherfucker this movie's incredible he's like
1: i know i just watched it how? and we included that movie he was also a manager for family video it's beautiful that's how we met um so we included it in our 24 hour like horror movie uh marathon that year mm-hmm. and it was like the 3 a.m flick because we knew people would be getting a little bit They'd be dipping in and out about 3 a.m. And the, behind the mask of the rise, Leslie Vernon would be like the true horror fans would like perk up a little bit at that point. Wake. Yeah. Right. And it did. It was like the rally movie, dude, like everyone that was getting a little bit, you know, bibbity bobbity boobin with their heads and like snoring while their eyes are open. It's like... they kind of they rock forward a bit and you're fucking ready to go for the next 12 hours of, of horror movie watching. Not, so. to,
0: not to talk our own brand up, but when we did the this last Quill and Filmies, I feel like Drive Angry was that film for us. It
1: absolutely was. It's like who we just we just went through like four hours of like film and stuff, right. and it was kind of crazy getting everything put together and like we, entertaining and doing interviews for the
0: press. Right. Yeah.
1: We, it was like by the time we got to Drive Angry, I'm like that yeah, was that was the one that sort of got everybody rocked back up on their. Everyone was a little
0: sleepy. And, yeah. We just wa- we like we watched Creature from the Black Lagoon a little earlier in the day. Yep. Everyone's all full of food, you know. Everyone's getting yep. a little tired. And I'm like, okay, what? We... Full of food and blue, curacao. out. Yeah, we had just watched, um, we had just watched Cemetery Man, and everyone's yep. like sitting there and like, oh my god, a that fucking that out. steak that William Rockwood, but everyone's got like the meat, the meat sit where everyone's like, don't got, can't move, rotting meat yep. in me, you know, like, and then and like half of us are suddenly like getting fairly high, and I'm like, do yep. we put on like a serious? Drama, or do we throw on Drive Angry? And Drive Angry was just two hours of like everyone screaming at the screen, no one louder than me. Yep, it was pretty incredible. Um, this, but that was that movie, yeah,
1: that was the rise of Leslie Vernon for that horror, that 24 hour horror yeah. movie marathon.
0: This one for me, you are the reason that I saw this because right, I remember growing up, I don't, you're put, you, I think you and I share this going to Walmart. Go to the $5 movie bin, find either a movie pack or something that's unrated and looks really fucking heinous so that as a 15-year-old you can buy it because it's unrated. Um, Out of
1: all the movies that I have sold over the course of my collecting of films, it's those $5 grab box movies that have never been sold and are still on my bookshelf.
0: Dude, they're they're the ones you treasure because you have such fond memories of them. Um. My, I actually have a fond memory of this movie, even though I never saw it until last week. I used to see this movie, the cover of it all the time, and the cover was awesome. It was just that the Leslie Vernon mask, and then some covers were like him in his full like weird hillbilly regalia with the the scythe, and then yep. you flip it over. It it just when I saw this, I was expecting this to be an extremely rowdy like slumber party massacre yep. or. Something really, really bloody and super vicious, and it is fucking hysterically funny. I you you mentioned earlier that you would put this in your like top favorite horror films. This is oh, definitely going to be a regular spinner for me. But I'm not even sure it's horror. It's so funny. You know what I it's mean? It's so
1: self referential and aware of what it is that it, it's definitely it falls into the comedy camp for me. Yeah, it's a comedy that wants to be a horror film. like dude definitely um because it gets there at the end when we get that it's not even a twist but it becomes a different movie once leslie um divorces them
0: yeah when he fully separates from the now actually here let's this is perfect this is a perfect spot to talk about this one of the things that i think is most brilliant about this film and i think i think that there are two things that three things that make this film truly exceptional rather than just a really good movie this is something special here and i think one the writing the writing is so unbelievably smart and clever and it is full of it is full of love for this genre this mm-hmm. person knows their stuff and they're not just
1: cherry picking shit because oh the nerds will like this one the nerds will like that one like what they've done with the star wars universe for the last 3 Movies. Yeah, they're like, they're
0: not pushing our fan buttons. What the what right. what this script does is it weaves together in a coherent way this strange like like pseudo religion
1: that explains the, it turns it into like religious text. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, it's
0: like the this is this is why we do this. This is the metaphorical meaning behind this. This is all part of a ritual. It gives the it gives the the most amazing thing ever when we're introduced to the concept that the reason that these people exist and do what they do is be, is to provide a moral balance to all the good in the world that so that all of a sudden it makes all those movies mean something more
1: yeah and, and you know what's crazy they hmm. do it so much to the fact that some of the some of the things that are talked about in this film originate here yeah. They were concepts before, but he, the writer, is putting names to them. Like Final Girl, we all knew what Final Girl was. Survivor Girl he, is called in Survivor this Girl or Final Girl, either one. Right. But that is, I mean, they tag it hard in Cabin in the Woods, but this is the first flick that actually, like, says what that, it actually makes mention of, yes, we are aware there's always that one female character. Yeah. That, that gets her gets her day. Right. Gets the boy. Gets
0: the bad guy And I I love It starts here And I love that they explain why Why that has to be Or why that should be or is Um, The second thing that I think makes this Elevates this movie is it's cast This is a pretty small movie It's a small budget feature You can tell it's shot very indie But there's a golden script And if you cast great words wrong You end up with great words coming Shitty out of some mumble mouthed idiot We don't have that here. You have, they're stellar all the way across the board. I even like the guys who play the film crew who you don't meet until the last 10 minutes or whatever. And they're
1: so goofy. They're like the weirdest two dudes you've ever met in your life, but they're perfect. Yeah. There are only two people that anyone will ever recognize from previous films in this movie. It's Freddy Krueger and then this House is Clear woman from Poltergeist Oh, who tells- the story of Leslie Burnham,
0: <laughs> well, he, the micro fish. <laughs> Hush, girl, it's just a story, dude. She's amazing. Yeah. I recognize Scott Wilson just from like oh, the, yeah, the ten thousand fucking yeah. movies that he was in before this. Twenty two. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but the cast is perfect. Oh my god! In the, in our in our final girl spoilers. Yeah. Um, her arc is fantastic. She she starts in a different place. Even I feel like she. The woman, the actor, is growing as an actor during the course of this film. Totally agree. Where she starts, she's kind of like okay and still figuring the the character out because this is an indie film they shot in like fifteen days or whatever. But yeah. you can tell she she finds her becoming more and finding her.
0: Oh my god, it's incredible. Hundred percent. Her character is doing the same thing. It's yeah. fucking wild. <laughs> it works so well with that process yep. of discovery, even if it was real and like just a natural occurrence on set, it supports her character arc so Thousand beautifully. Thousand um, And then the Thousand. last, the last thing, and I think maybe the most important element of this film for me, I think that it was a structural stroke of genius to shoot this as a documentary until... Until we decide as a film to duck out and show vignettes, polished vignettes. This movie shoots like a documentary. We watch things that happen as a documentary and we're shooting behind the scenes. We talk to Leslie. It's it's very clearly like a like 16 millimeter cameras that we're working on or like early digital. And then every once in a while, once we have a scenario set up and we enter into once the scenario, Leslie goes in to do the things he's talking about, yeah, yeah. Once the plan starts, we pop into a vignette that looks like Scream. I know what you did last summer. Um, looks like it, a
1: late '90s, early 2000s horror film. You pick the you pick the movie. It looks it looks and feels just
0: like that. Yeah, which I is, know what you
1: did last summer. Fucking right. whatever, man. Yeah,
0: dude, and it's phenomenal because the color grade changes, the quality of the film stock changes, the lighting changes. There,
1: you got you got a fucking camera on a boom moving around and
0: shit. You got like yeah yeah like tracks. And, the, and it's all like even, crisp and polished and even people's behavior changes, like the acting. And another thing that I think is just amazing is you realize pretty quick that there's only score during the vignettes. Like crazy music enters the world, and you're you're in a horror movie. And the first time I watched this, I didn't really take much note of the vignettes. I just thought it was kind of a a cool way to show. um, This movie utilizes the like um, the. The shifting perspective really well. We get to see what things look like behind the curtain, which is always fun. You know, like it always. Any movie about stagehands where you get to see like stagehands working—that's always very like quaint and fun. But There's you, so many ropes back here, but you can't. <laughs> but you can't stay there the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, ha- you want to see yep. what they're what they're orchestrating too. You want to see the finished product. What a brilliant Excellent. way to present this finished product as a horror film—a tra- like. Rather than just like show her POV or like oh this is what it looks like from the girl's perspective, this is this is what Leslie is making. Leslie is making yep. these modern mythologies known as horror films. So we when we bump into these vignettes, this is a retelling of the. That's how I see it. Is these this is a yep. retelling of events that we watched the orchestration and the planning of, and we're getting to Absolutely. watch. What this'll look like ten years down the road when they're telling the the stories of Leslie Vernon and and uh, she went to the library, and she checked the microfiche and found a news bit. This is this is Halloween, yeah. you know. Let's say Halloween oh, yeah. happened in nineteen seventy.
1: Well, they call they call uh, Freddie Krueger. Freddie Krueger. <laughs> um, Robert Englund is the his Ahab, right, Doctor whatever, but he's the Loomis, right? That's the.
0: Yeah, he's In our,
1: every hor- right. he's our Loomis, Loomis character, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing I love about the fact that we have these vignettes is we get the sense that there there is this horror movie happening that we're only aware of two minutes at a time. We only get, because we're following the killer, obviously. Right. But I love the fact, like, I don't know who Ahab, they call him an Ahab, I don't remember his actual name, but Lo- I don't know what Loomis has been doing, what the connection is they They say briefly, no your your craziness stops here, Leslie, like what
0: how do you guys know each other? It's fucking crazy right dr yeah. dr England I'm gonna call him um, dr England, I love it he dude, he is such a he is such a phenomenal character in this too the the ahab character the with as little as he has to to do yeah it's like you he's, yeah. I, I love that so the, the movie. Points out the kind of ridiculous Nature of the Ahab Character but also okay. explains Through the exuberance of the woman Who's kind of explaining what the Ahab is Um, And even Leslie doesn't Explain it very well because the no. uh, um, Who is it it's uh, Angela Go- Angela Goethals I'm just gonna call her Angela it's not Angela but She's the, the fi- she ends up being our real the Final
1: the final girl of The real
0: um, the real Final girl right yeah yeah, so the the real final girl comes up and she's like, don't you want to go and kill him? And he's like, no, I need him. And she's like, why? And he grabs her shoulders and he jumps up and down and he goes, because I have an Ahab and that is very good news. And she's like, I don't, you have completely lost me. So they like pause for a second. And you realize that actually, yeah, the Ahab character in these movies seems kind of weirdly arbitrary. It's like an obsessed right. person who knows Everything about the killer and has all I the... knew
1: what he was when I looked into his eyes and saw pure. Yes, we've heard you, Loomis. We know, right? Right? We know, yeah. Yes, he's pure
0: evil. It. I got it. There's we get it, no human mm-hmm. emotion. He's pure evil, but like. This is something we talk about in the when Harry met Michael series like yes, right people is. should really fucking listen to Loomis cuz he's like 5 for 5 Michael's going to come back he's going to kill a bunch of kids and they're always like get out of here you crazy Shut up, <laughs> you stupid old
1: man with your scarred face you can't even fucking bubblegum properly just
0: cuz you've been right 4 times before and you fought this guy and you saved countless lives what makes you-, you put and you
1: put bullet into his heart Two two of them, however many. I don't remember. It was a long
0: time ago. (laughs) Yeah, that was a long time ago. I was like, I shot him 196 times, and six went straight through his head. And the other thousand went into his brain. And you're like, well, yeah, but he's Michael Myers, so... It doesn't matter. (laughs) He's just made a bullet. Yeah, dude, Michael Myers has got, like, more lead than than synapse left in his skull. Do you know
1: how heavy Michael Myers is? He's, like,
0: two tons. But... (laughs) <laughs> but I love it Why it moves so slow He's made of bullets That's why he's always walking Is because he's just Riddled with fucking bullets um, But no they, they point out In this movie They're like Here they're, the The Ahab character Always has all the tools To stop the killer But nobody will listen to him And they seem to have Like no real legal ability to do anything about the killer. So they always have to go in guns blazing on their own. And in this movie, Leslie explains why that has cropped up with this particular guy. He framed Dr. Englund for some like really (laughs) fucked up thing and then filed a restraining order against him. So he he's basically like handicapped this dude and only Dr. Englund knows what Leslie has done and is capable of. Everyone else Come with me child. Come to me child. I love when he's like, um, well, we. I don't want to jump too much around. My notes for this are actually, I'll be totally honest. The notes for this are mostly just quotes from the film, because dude,
1: well, it's super quotable, and it's one of those movies like it's not like a Ghostbusters quotable where you and I'll just be like shopping one day and be like, "Hey, Ghostbusters quote,
0: get away from know, me, like, man! I'm, I'm a doctor, life. yeah, back yeah, off, man! Right? I'm a doctor."
1: But they are so like. When they're being said in the moment in the film, you're like, oh,
0: oh, he wrote the shit out of that line. Yeah, they're, they're hilarious. They're hilarious. They're super insightful. Do you know how much cardio you have to do? That's like, my first no, man. Make it, you, like make it look like you're walking and then it will always just be a few steps behind. I mean, Jesus. he He's beaten on the, not- the bag and he like sits down. And he's panting. And he goes, you wouldn't believe how much cardio I have to do. It's ridiculous. He's just like fucking sweating. He's got the gloves on. And he's like, you gotta, you gotta keep track of where everybody is. You gotta keep up with these people. They're running. You gotta look like you're walking the whole time. Just <laughs> sweat it's pouring down his breathe. face. It is because you think about it, and you're like, yeah. Like if you think about how physically powerful like Jason Voorhees is, or how Michael Myers. We talked about it when we did Halloween. The only way mm-hmm. that Michael Myers disappears is he either does like a. 300 yard dash in like 30 seconds like a
1: motherfucker as soon as I can't see him he's just like
0: right he's like he's hauling all the ass Tom Cruise in a firm (laughs) just right. (laughs) Yes, he's run Michael running like totally um but like that it this is that thing though where they show you behind the curtain and then it's it's all a bunch of stuff where you're like oh something I never thought of it's like if they made a movie about like plumbers in space where they're like, right. eh, you know what you don't think about? It's like, there's no gravity up here, Sort of pipes, you got to keep them moving. <laughs> the whole... Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, plumbing wouldn't work in space. How novel. But like the idea yeah. of a serial killer like working the heavy bag, doing high intensity interval training to like keep his heart rate up, you know, like that is funny as shit.
1: The Friends other th- with an old retired serial killer who's, you know, just oh you sees God. him as a son. And yeah.
0: Dude, the casual tone. With which they talk about, ki- like killing teenagers. People. Yeah. Yeah. Where, um, okay. Actually, I wrote down. Maybe I. I honestly, I believe. I swear to God, I believe that this is probably my favorite line, in in the whole movie. I just let me find it really quick. It was, uh, yeah, when he's they're talking about how. Uh, tell us what it was like. You. It's Eugene, is the old man who was. Yeah, he's chopping carrots. Well, he turns them into like paste. But, yeah, and these Holy like fuck. these young kids, they but it, like think about it. What he's talking about, the, he's talking <laughs> They used to make movies? Yeah, man. Like he used to be um he used to be a car salesman and he's like, but but now everything now everything's online and it's all about numbers and there's no personal connection. He's bitching about how his job has changed. Yep. The way that all old men do. Except his There's job. There's no heart in the game anymore. It's all about how many cars you can sell. Yeah, dude. He's like... Back you know-
1: in my day, I used to have 10 clients, and they come back to me every five years, and... Boy, yeah. I knew their names. I knew their kids' names. I knew, I knew their dogs' names. Fuck, I don't can't tell about you how anymore. many
0: times I went to a dinner with the. I'd sign the. I'd sign the the contract for the car on the back of my tailgate, and then we'd go back down to my place for a cup of coffee and have a hamburger in it. And it's so have imp- a hamburger it, in the It's lot. so damn impersonal now. That is this guy's argument, but what his job was was supernatural serial killer
1: murdering
0: people. It's, Fucking... Young people. Yeah, yeah. specifically young pe- It's awesome. Because he's chopping these carrots, and he goes, These young guys today, you know, they they go... They, there's no heart in it. They go at it half-assed, and then they're getting killed, or they're getting arrested. And that is the biggest thing for them, is when you get arrested and put behind bars, the mystique vanishes, and it breaks the, the legend. So... Yeah. He talks about... That's you,
1: the important thing is the legend. It's that spiritual part of the whole thing to that, them. Like that's that.
0: what... Yeah, yeah, because we see that Leslie... He's not supernatural, but he works hard no. to create the impression that he's supernatural. When you're caught, that that goes away because you're just a man. You didn't vanish into the ether.
1: They, he even says that at some point, doesn't he? Like, I'm just... A, he's just a man. He's just a man. Yeah, she says it when the, when the, bur- the barn it's like, is burning. It,
0: it's the last line in the movie, yeah. When yeah. She's like no, he's just a man. He's just a man. It's the uh, was that there really is a boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was Robert it, Englund. It was yeah. It's Robert Englund doing the Loomis last line from Halloween. Oh my god! It's the same moment. It's the same beats. Yep. Actually, there's other things in here that are very similar. There are that are clearly nods to other movies. One of them is when Robert Englund, whose name. Shit, what is his... We have to find out this character's actual name if you can look it up because he... I got you. What's the Scatman Crothers character's name from The Shining? uh, Dick Halloran. Oh, fuck, I'm reading it right now. It's Halloran. Thank you. Dr. Halloran. Halloran, This guy's name is Dr. Halloran, right? When he finally makes it to the place where the kids are stranded at the end of the movie and he finally arrives to help... They knock him out with a shovel as soon as he's through the door, which is right exactly away. what happens to Dick Halloran in The Shining. This is totally a Shining reference, I swear to God. I'm convinced Well, it has it to is. be. It's his namesake, for Christ's right. Name's sake. Right. Christ, <laughs> it's his namesake, for Christ's sake. It's his namesake, for Christ's sake. For the sake of Jesus. God, <laughs> um, oh, no, I can't stop. I don't want to dive away too far from Eugene. I want to stick with him for a second because I love... That so they're like what was the what was the li- what was the business like back in your day again what was the business like the the terminology they use is part of the genius of this movie because he's like there was none of this coming back there was yeah you went in you hit as hard as you could you disappeared he he just straight up said you go in and you murder as many kids as you can get in one fell swoop you close up as many loose ends as possible and then you go into hiding but he's Casually saying this as he chops fucking carrots, dude
1: He's talking about business Like actors talk about theater or movies as the business It's not like
0: Uh, There didn't used to be so many middlemen in the business Your time was you could sit down and talk with the director yourself Now I gotta go through my agent That's the discussion they're having But they're murderers (laughs)
1: Dude,
0: my favorite (laughs) is when they get to the back porch Everyone's having a beer Um, I'm just gonna call her Angela It's not Angela, but uh, Angela is like the the documentarian the wife? No, Jamie oh, okay, is the I'm wife. Sorry,
1: Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, right.
0: So the documentarian, the real final girl, we'll call her Angela. Until I run into her well, name in my notes. Somewhere. The
1: wife of the old she was his final girl. Yeah. Should we get that? The that's way wild.
0: I missed that the first time through, but the second time through there's that there's that line where Angela asks Eugene, she's like, So how does how does one survive someone like you and Leslie? And he goes, I like her Leslie. She's a spitfire She's in a. She's standing in a group of murderers right now, and she's asking, yep. "How do I avoid being killed by people like you if I find myself in that situation?" And the dude goes, "Run like hell, pick a point and run for it in a straight line, and never look back." This is the scream moment of how do you survive a horror movie? Or, or you how run do you out the a front
1: door and go as fast as you can. Don't the front, go upstairs.
0: Yep, don't go upstairs. You run outside. I love when Leslie talks about the house. He's like, "You want to minimize your time inside as much as possible." It restricts your movement. It's harder to keep track of everybody. Like, but when she's talking with Eugene and he goes, You just gotta She's like, Could you get in a group? He goes, Yeah, you could get in a group. Just make sure there's someone in the group that's slower than you. (laughs) And that's when Jamie turns to Eugene. She's like, I sure was fast though, wasn't I? And you go (laughs) and they hug each other and you realize she was the final girl when he slaughtered all those all of her friends. She lived and now they're married. fucking crazy It's a throwaway little
1: moment And you you can't On the first viewing You totally miss it Because I did
0: I I glossed it completely And then the second time I think I was Oh it's when I was watching it With Bird She's like wait wait She's talking about How fast she was Is she his final girl And we watched it again And I'm like oh fuck (laughs) Jamie is his final Is Eugene's final girl But there's There's this moment for me That I think is the I think it's the best line In the movie And they're on the back They're on the back porch And Eugene's got a beer In his hand and she, he's talking about Michael Myers. And he goes, you know, guys like, you know, when we, were, when we got started, there was none of this coming back. You went in, you hit hard, you got out as quick as you could, and you went into hiding. And then you hoped that you know, your myth would spread from that. Guys like Mike and Jason and Fred, you know, those guys, this coming back year after year, it turned them into a, into a myth or a legend or a folk tale. And he goes, now, that was a radical shift in philosophy. It changed the whole business. Just that phrase alone. That was the moment, the first time I watched this movie. That was the moment where I knew that I would watch this movie forever, that I loved this movie. Just this line. Now, that was a radical radical shift in in philosophy. Fuck. Dude. Like... This is there. You imagine like books on the shelf that are like you know, um, like how to get ahead in accounting or whatever. And it's well, like that
1: too. And it's working on the whole other level. before Jason and Michael and Freddie, we had the movies were one off killers. They were. It was. It was Psycho. It was the the mechanic or whatever. Don't go it was, in the
0: house. Uh, My Bloody Valentine. Psycho. Yeah. yeah there. It was a one and done. Bad, ho- the driller killer from Slumber Party Massacre, although that came after, I think, came after. Right. My- but uh, Prom Night predates. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Maniac predates.
1: That's oh, the man. one I was
0: thinking, Maniac, yep. How about Black Christmas? Black yep. Christmas is a one-and-done massacre. God, I want to watch Black Christmas again. I was thinking about yep, that movie too. like three days ago. <laughs> but yeah, um, until Camp Kristen Lake, until Elm Street. Actually, until it starts with Haddonfield, 1978. Say, so,
1: Haddonfield is the first, yeah.
0: Yeah, like... That truly was a a change in philosophy for horror films. Like, fuck, dude. (laughs) It's just such a great line. And I love when, um, I love when every time Angela resists the idea that what these guys do is necessary, I love how calm, calmly and with a gentle note of, of, like, patronizing her. They try to patiently explain again why they do what they do And I think that Eugene does it best here um, Leslie tries a couple times to explain like Well what we're really doing What, I'm, what I do here is sort of just uh, It's my way of balancing every, every beautiful sunset Every flower, every kiss of a loved one I'm here to make those things mean something and eugene sums it up beautifully he goes for good to be pitted against evil you need evil don't you and like this we t- we talked about this before with movies like fight club
1: i was going to say fight club was came to mind right away with that whole notion of you need the good without the evil tyler doesn't exist without yeah i'm um, not tyler i <laughs> The gun to that head. Tomorrow, that hamburger is going to taste better than anything in the world. It's going it to smells better because he yeah. didn't die.
0: Yeah, he's like bre- his bre- the breakfast he eats tomorrow will be the best meal he's ever tasted. Like yeah. that's a great line in Fight Club. But th- what I was the point I was thinking of was movies like this, or Fight Club, or the or Joker, or Dark Knight. You know, like movies that. Uh Well what the fuck we did we talked about one specific, We talked about this exact thing Recently was it it wasn't true detective But it was something like that um Where people idolize Suddenly start to idolize These characters because they're like oh he's so cool I wish I oh it's John Wick John where, Wick yep yeah where we were like oh man Everybody who sees this movie is like I wish I was John Wick I want to be John Wick and then I'm like No because to be John Wick Your wife has to die And your life has to mean so Little that you have to like go commit heinous murder to feel any kind of fulfillment. Same thing. Yeah,
1: but the suits and the car and the guns and the. It was Mm-mm. also
0: John McClane in Die Hard, where it's like, oh, John McClane's so yep. cool. I want to be John McClane. Do you? Do you? Dirt poor, constantly on suspension, an alcoholic, divorced, daughter won't talk to you. I get that. Son bru- won't
1: talk. to him. Son doesn't exist.
0: Son doesn't well, exist. Carl, does. shut the fuck up, Carl. You can't. You can't keep playing with my heart by talking about Die Hard. 5. Sorry. It's like a hot <laughs> poker, dude. Every time I just No, because you know what? In my head, Die Hard Five ends differently and I've already yeah, completely we, rewritten it. You
1: rewrote it. the ending, it's beautiful.
0: It is, right? It's totally the way that should have gone out. Um but no, like this is a thing where people encounter these kind of edgy characters. They look at the the cool dialogue, the cool lines, like but but they don't Think about the total perspective They just think about the fact that like For good to be pitted against evil you need Evil don't you and people are like oh yeah I'm gonna paint my face all cool some men Just want to watch the world burn (laughs) I'm the joker But I can see how this
1: Mental anguish that yeah You're not thinking about the rest of it
0: this movie In the wrong brains Makes for like that really kind of Irritating form of fandom where they're like Yeah dude Leslie Vernon is my Role model I'm like oh really it's a Serial killer your role model how About this is like a great movie and I Don't know it's just something That comes up for me when I see stuff Like this when you recognize like This is rife This is ripe for rabid Fandom and like And misappropriation of concepts Totally and that's That's just a thing that I have in my head now Is like because we've watched Movies with like really sick people In them that other people find To be like it's it happened
1: That they they idolize them instead of Yeah yeah, it it happened with True
0: Detective And Rust Cole where everyone's like I want want To be Rust Cole I'm like dude he's a nihilist I fell
1: fell victim to that with the John Wick movies man like
0: I definitely his, started his working skill out with, uh,
1: with, with, you know different. I mean, it's just the whole thing. But then, yeah, he was like, wait, no, fuck. One, he's a mass murderer. Two, he's the anguish
0: man. Yeah. He's not a happy person. These people all come with physical pain because what makes them – or come with uh, emotional and psychological – because what makes them what they are is the absence of anything else, dude. The torment and the – yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody loves Michael Jordan, but I don't think you'd want to be Michael Jordan.
1: You know what I mean? Everyone kind of, yeah. Everyone kind of wants to be uh, Jason Bourne until you realize you don't have a family, and you don't know who you are.
0: Yeah, and like, oh, dude, I could live. I would love to like live on the run. Um, Would you though? I don't know about that. You can't go to like a movie theater. You got to have cash on hand all the time. Like, I don't know if you understand. Like, to some extent,
1: I've idolized it, like Mad Max, like in in the second, like the Road Warrior. Man, like, dude. Could you imagine that in Australia? You're just like the lone survivor apocalypse. You're fucking Mad Max.
0: Dude. Yeah, Fury Road. Oh
1: fuck no, man. Fury Road, yeah.
0: man. I was like all in on Fury Road. I'm like, oh got to develop some survival skills. But the, no, you're like a you're like a lonely nomad who's haunted by the sins of his past and who's losing his mind. It's a bad not... week. You're
1: eating your own shit for three days. <laughs> yeah. Like I
0: don't think you're you're eating you're eating the your own lice out of your own beard. Like you don't want to yeah. be Max in those movies, man. Um so I just saw another line in here that um that I it's it's all dialogue for me honestly. The it's just so fucking great. There's that bit where Leslie takes the film crew to a college campus to like look at the kids. And she he's like, "So we're here like picking out a, you know, it's like,
1: like the flyby, but not it, He's Think it is. It's like the flyby. He's doing, a, "All right, we're going to go and we're going to sit here. We're going to wait we're gonna p- pick the pockets of people yeah okay i know the scene you're talking yeah about.
0: it's it's so he comes in and he's like a lot of people think that we just get obsessed with a girl start killing everybody who gets in our way between us and them until we get to her and there's a final showdown and then i love that that he explains it that way and then angela turns to him and she's like but that does actually seem to how ha- ha- be how it happens quite frequently <laughs> which is true like she points out like i know you just said that this isn't true but that does seem to be what it is every single time. Seems to be the time. case, yeah. <laughs> um, but then I love that he... This is that This is that Cabin in the Woods thing where they're like, wait, why do we have to kill the jock first? And he's like, because that's just how... Like That's traditional. It's just how it's done. Leslie even has a line later Stoner, on.
1: They're, they're a subgroup. Yeah, he explains all of
0: that shit. Yeah, or he's like... Oh, uh, I love the Stoner characters. Where he's like, those guys... Yeah, guys like those, they don't... Pad your numbers. Yeah, he's like... They tend to be a lot slower. They don't run as fast. They're a good way to pad your numbers late in the game.
1: Late in the game. That's right. They're good for padding the numbers late in the game.
0: Yeah, which is how they're usually used in horror movies. The stoners live a long time, and then they end up being, like, two of the most gruesome kills right near the end. But from a
1: serial killer point of view, you got to take care of the jock first because he's your biggest threat to, like, stopping you from what you're doing. There's an the internal... Stoners don't matter.
0: Right, yeah, they're gonna be around. They're not hard to find. They're not gonna Anyone get away. They won't know what's happening.
1: Yeah, Jock, might, Jock might punch your fucking lights out and then it's game over for you.
0: I love that. I think it's really interesting that when you see this movie... I think this movie should if you want to watch this movie, you should have to watch it twice or you really would benefit from watching it twice because you can see Great. stuff getting set up the second time. Like yep. when he points to, a, he points to like the one girl, he's like, now see, this is a pretty good, he's like, you you can't just focus on the girl. She needs a supporting cast. He's using movie, horror movie terminology to describe how yep. he hunts. And he's like, this one's pretty good. You can see she's got the jock boyfriend. She's got some hangers on. And then the girl walks the girl walks out um, and he goes, "She's there, she's perfect. Look at her. And and she's a virgin. This is a great bit of dialogue. She goes, she's a virgin. And Angela says, how can you tell? And Leslie doesn't even turn to look at her. And he goes, I don't know. How do the Swallows find Capistrano? Dude, that is a beautiful, beautiful bit of writing right there. That's gorgeous. This is a serial killer. This is a super, air quotes. This is Michael Myers sitting in a van yes watching the girl and he just knows on an, on a, the same in the same way that the swallows know to find the cliffs of capistrano this eloquent evolutionary metaphor for how this ultra predator finds a ceremonial victim it is it is i was i, I know this sounds strange but look man i'm like a hardcore film fan that line yeah. took my breath away it was incredible. what an incredible moment in that movie. And then he reveals like, "Oh no, no, I don't I this is the first time I've ever seen her." Right. Uh, if I didn't <laughs> if I didn't have a girl picked out already, we'd be way behind. And then they bail. we so behind schedule, you have no idea. I love how often Leslie interacts with the camera guy cuz the girl stops for a second and she like turns and kind of looks toward the van but doesn't see Leslie. And, and then she keeps going, and he turns to the camera guy and he goes, "Did you get that? Did you get that? Tell me you got that. Did you see that? I got it. How we got it. how we sensed each other. Oh my god! But but at the same time, that is the Laurie Strode looks out the window of her classroom and moment.
1: Sees Michael in the yep.
0: She sensed somebody there and looked. It's dude. It's just fucking brilliant, and it's so unobtrusive because that's a moment that happens in every slasher movie when. They sense eyes upon them. But we get to finally see what that looks like from the other side of the mirror. God damn, what a great concept. And so well executed. Um, (laughs) I'm just going down my – I I love the introduction. I'm just over here. here. My face hurts
1: from smiling so much about just listening to – to you having found this movie now. This makes I, me makes me so many smiles. I
0: don't think I've done it properly yet in this episode. So I'm going to take a moment and do this. I've done it a couple times on this show. Carl, thank you so much for introducing me to this for showing me this oh, movie. Dude. dude, you showed me Brazil. My pleasure, man. You showed me Lethal Weapon. Like I would I like to take a moment and like I did the same thing with Connor. Connor, thank you for showing me Get Out, for showing me oh. Mandy. Dude, like, when, when people show you great films, don't just look... With
1: Nolan. and I. Thank you, David. Thank you,
0: David, for showing us With Nell and I and The Boat That Rocked. Don't gloss it. If someone shows you a fucking killer film, that person might be a movie fan, and movie fans love knowing that a movie rocked you, and this movie sure rocked do. me, baby. Fuck. Yeah, man. Oh, you're welcome. What love do you it. think of the, yeah, uh, the intro? There's this
1: little... Filmmaker that I'd like to thank you for introducing me to meet Mr. Jim Jarmish, in all of his glory. Oh,
0: you are so welcome, brother. anybody, who, anyone oh. I can turn on to Jim Jarmish—that's a
1: gift. That's a gift that just keeps on giving, man. <laughs> Holy fuck, that dude's a rabbit hole.
0: If you know a creative, I—I I- I, I was going to say, as listener, if you know a creative person. Jim Jarmusch is a gift. It was a great present to give them this Christmas. Point them to any of Jim Jarmusch's movies, and that creative person is going to thank I you.
1: I would read his throwaway napkin scribbles, man. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, me too. Even if it was just like bored guy does boring thing. Well, you know, like you could see a Jim Jarmusch <laughs> right, count, and it's guy like does boring things. I mean, it's like the the plot to Patterson on a napkin's like. Uh, and I'll try and do my Jim Jarmusch too. Yeah, bored board bus driver. Um. S- Writes poetry thinks life is Great uh doesn't really Do anything the end Credits <laughs> like I, <laughs> Fucking give me that napkin dude Um yep. so, so jumping back to this per- napkin. <laughs> Jumping back to this particular Napkin I think that digging Eugene up Out of the ground out of his sensory deprivation Tank is one of the single Funniest things I've ever seen because okay. Of the delayed punchline Holy shit, dude! The 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 holding off of the punchline until the fucking end of that scene is so funny. Oh, uh, it's Les- almost
1: a new scene by the time yeah. they actually tag it.
0: Les- they go to the door to see Eugene and Jamie, but Eugene's not there. And Jamie tells Leslie in the documentary crew, like, "Oh, would you mind? Would you mind getting pulling ja- uh pulling Eugene out of the tank? He's been back there a while." Oh yeah, okay. So they go back with shovels. And they fucking dig. They dig this like four foot deep hole, and there's a sensory deprivation tank buried in the deep woods behind this dude's house. By the way, the almost you almost miss it because you're watching what they're doing. But Leslie explains why they do this sensory deprivation thing. It's like, oh yeah, it's a it's a yogic it, it it's a it's a yogic technique you used Fuck to control. You miss it the first time. You do. God damn it. You have to. Oh man, it's worth watching. Three times. I'm going to watch this again, like, in the next month. I shit you not. I'm ready to watch it right fucking now if you and I didn't have... Leslie
1: straight up tells you that uh, we can fake death real good.
0: Yeah, well... Because we
1: have to train for it.
0: It explains something that happens in this movie later, but also what happens in every slasher movie in the third act. When Mike Myers is on the ground and he looks dead and everyone... This explains why people turn away from the killer you know and don't pick up the weapon because they think the job is done because they utilize visualization and meditation techniques to control their heart rate and make the body appear as though it's dead this is the same this is the equivalent of the cardio that we see him doing yep. earlier they're training to specifically be supernatural killers. It's incredible.
1: Rounding the supernatural in a way that seems plausible is fucking pretty wild, and they pull it off. D-
0: oh, dude, another, another throwaway bit that you don't appreciate until you see him setting up stuff is when they're going through his library, and he goes, I wouldn't recommend reading Grey's Anatomy for fun. Oh, but here's the great part magic and he starts pulling out books by magicians he does a david blaine-esque magic trick where he's like hey do you do you uh dave do you have a deck of cards no i would have a deck of no, cards no. Are, are you sure man check your front pocket holy fuck, what man. The fuck man takes the cards out starts shuffling he's like I, I got plenty more where that came from he he learned illusion to create illusions that reinforce yep. this myth of his that would be part of being this type of Murderer is studying like magic and shit Uh, By the way the fact that Eugene calls Mike Mike You get the sense that these dudes have shared a beer And talked craft you know what I mean Yeah they
1: probably have Yep, They're on a first short name basis It's
0: unreal I mean the fact that he's talking like to Freddy Krueger I want to see the movie where they explain how Freddy Krueger does all the dream shit But with real terms Like is he uh, like a hardcore chemist Is he using hallucinogens is he probably
1: he's a, he's probably uh, not fall through the floor. Yeah, he's probably using hypnosis.
0: I would watch. Oh, oh, my God, fall. Yeah, or sink. Like I would watch sink, yeah. sink. sink through the floor, sink into the ground. What sink? Oh. And I'm, suddenly you're. Oh. Oh my <laughs> God. Yes. But they so they go back in the woods with these shovels. They dig and dig. They're digging, and I love that Angela goes. I thought you said Eugene was retired. Yeah, he is. Why is he still doing this? And like Leslie pauses, drenched in sweat, leans on his shovel and goes, Honestly, I have no idea. (laughs) Keeps digging. (laughs) They dig down, they pull the lid off, Eugene's in there, and he's he's in he's in a sensory deprivation tank underground. And Angela goes, Oh my god, oh oh my god, because he looks dead. He looks straight fucking dead. And Leslie like taps him on the chest and goes, Hey buddy, all right, easy there. Sit up, okay. Yeah. Okay, let's uh yeah, we gotta you've been out here for a little bit. we got dinner going on and fucking Eugene goes Tuesday and Leslie goes Tuesday he- Tuesday, hell no, it's Thursday man. Jamie, you didn't tell me he'd been down there three days? <laughs>
1: but um, um. Fucking,
0: they make you wait so long for the funniest part of that scene that by the time you get to like t- Tuesday. Hell no man It's Thursday Eugene's been buried In the backyard For three days And Jamie Three days Jamie didn't think To dig him up They just like Let him chill And then he like You get the sense That he just Grabs a quick shower And he's good to go
1: I'm gonna Rinse myself up. That's (laughs) weird I also find it funny That he rose on the third day What's up Oh shit
0: See that's why You gotta keep watching this
1: Gotta keep watching baby Gotta keep watching it.
0: That is funny as fuck And actually it's interesting that you bring that up because I I wasn't able to put this together quickly enough cuz I have I had other shit going on but I was kind of thinking about how there is definite there's definitely weird echoes of Christianity throughout this. Like all throughout this. this?
1: Prophets and disciples I think it's interesting the
0: that the birth canal through which our final girl must run in order to emerge to move from a state of innocence to a state an apple orchard she yeah she runs through an apple orchard she enters the garden let us say innocent but by the time she is passed through this gauntlet of horrors and trials which is this apple orchard which is in christian myth the representative of knowledge like the the mm-hmm. uh, knowledge and understanding of good and evil which is what this whole supernatural she ultimately gains by the end of this movie is right because she has encountered evil this is an. This is what Leslie is talking about. Like he, the, the our supernatural serial killers of today, are a are the metaphoric offspring of the serpent in the garden. It is it. They are that which you test good against. I think it's beautiful. Yep. It's dude. It's so beautiful. It's absolute. Oh fuck! I love this movie
1: again. It's, you don't. Know, so they're being sort of not heavy handed, but when he's explaining the the birth canal, he's being very like. Like, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. Uh, so he's been like the way he's explaining what she has to go through is very on the nose. Like it's a birth canal. You will come out and you will be born. And you're kind of like, oh, okay. But there, you peel that back and there's like, well, it's an apple orchard. There's enough left for you to like piece out and pull out. Like there's, they're not just saying. they're, they're mm, It's such so it's so fucking well written. There's, right? yeah,
0: like you don't expect. The first time you you take it on the
1: surface, it it feels like, oh, well, he's just explaining, explaining all the philosophy and not allowing me to, like, pull together all that imagery and, like, come up with what is meant through the apple orchard. Like, you can't have that conversation if you're going to explain it to me. Right. As the movie. Right. But they do that, but then leave enough for you to discover on your own.
0: Like, what the fuck? It's a very delicate Delicate razor's edge that they walk with the dialogue, where all the dialogue, all of his explanations apply to just the tropes of horror movies. So if you just look at it that way, you're good. You can follow the movie. But everything he's saying also resonates on this deep, numinous. Level of symbolism Where everything has like a sacred Or borderline religious meaning And that's all interpretable And it's all present in visual symbols We've, we've been talking a lot lately about movies That utilize their cinematography That utilize mm-hmm. their sets In a meaningful way to reinforce What the, the plot, what the story What the ideas are This movie does that insanely well For a 2006 movie that is really well reviewed But I feel like is kind of not as mainstream as it should be
1: like, And it falls on a 6.57 I think is like it's average rating Yeah I, I don't fucking follow ratings Anyway but
0: yeah they're they're Idiotic actually the next movie we're gonna talk about uh, Got a 6.5 on IMDB and I, I was That's generous I was really okay I will talk about that next week I'm totally Cool with you hating it because I started there I went on a whole thing dude I wept I swear to god Tears on my cheeks three times by the End of that movie But we'll talk. No,
1: No, we'll talk about that because same happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually,
0: it's dude. That's a weird one. But anyway, like there's there's this thing that we've been running into lately, and maybe it's just because I've been watching more closely. But the movies that we're watching for this month. Which was supposed to be, like, a throwaway kind of funny month as we... Like,
1: we need, we need some loosey-goosey so that we can get through the plague. Yeah, kind of and also
0: to get caught up. Like, let's do some light shit. Yeah, absolutely. But, dude, like... It didn't turn out that way. Fuck really. no, these movies are awesome. Like, real bangers <laughs> just all the way through. The Mask was what it was. It was fine. Yeah. I bought it. I'm watching it again. Yeah. Oh, fuck
1: yeah, man. <laughs> I'm watching it again soon in a whole other fr-
0: frame of mind than I did last time. That's the way to do it, dude. It's the only way to watch Jim Carrey play Tech Avery cartoons. <laughs> Jeez. Um, But dude yeah there's so much Under the surface of this that you pick up The second time you could We could probably if we wanted to Have done watched this movie And agreed between us to only Talk about the mythological Import of this And only talk about this film From like a Modern theo neo theological perspective, like why, like the necessary nature of evil, and we could argue. You can use this to argue Christian theology. You can use this to examine Buddhism. This movie is really rich with symbol, which Leslie points out. I love this when they're talking. They're doing the fucking sit down like Diane Sawyer style interview shit. Oh my god, when he's sitting there and they're doing the back and forths, and it they do that like kind of shitty studio lighting. You know, where it looks like 60 Minutes. Tonight on 60 Minutes, yep. they're, like, they're talking to someone's uncle about that one time that he played guitar real good. So he just, like, when <laughs> Leslie's sitting there and Angela brings up, why don't you... And then she pauses and can't finish because she does have some trouble talking about... T- overtly talking about... Overtly talking about killing someone? She does, like, at one point say, like, you mean this is how you choose your victims? And he goes, potato, potato, you know? <laughs> but, um... Yeah. But when he finishes it for her, he goes, why don't we just, when they go into a closet, why don't we just reach in and pull them out? Which is, I love this because this is the fucking question that every slasher fan, everyone always yells at the screen during Halloween or rolls their eyes or sits back during 78 Halloween. Yeah, okay, like, really? That little belt that she tied around, this thing's made out of toothpicks. He could just reach in and get her, you know? Why doesn't he just get her? Leslie explains, this the closet is a sacred space. It's representative of the womb. We it's just part of tradition. It's an inviolate space. Which actually makes what Mike Myers does in the 78 Halloween when by the violation? B- that violation of the closet, but not a total violation because he doesn't take her out. He just Destroys it and ravages the. the, It's strange, dude. I was trying to find the right words to describe destroying a closet door just now because of the symbolism that we've built around it. Because that's basically rape that he's doing there. That Mm -hmm. makes that scene more horrifying. Understanding what Leslie Vernon and this movie have postulated is the the thematic framework. Michael can't do that. That's the sacred. He's not allowed to do that. Yeah, even for a monster. He's in violation. That's right. Yeah, even for a monster doing monstrous things, this is an abomination. And that makes yeah. him more terrifying. He's fucking horrible. It's brilliant. Yeah. This is very carefully thought out. And I love the fact that, I love how smart they make Leslie. Because you, dude, with Jason Voorhees, he doesn't Paradise even talk.
1: Lost. Found it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> which is the dumbest joke. I love dude, I love book jokes in horror movies. Um Evil Dead yep. 2, when he cuts his arm off and then he puts the There's bucket well, over the there. hand that he puts farewell to arms on top. Like that book shit. Gamer, man. I, I threw love something it. I threw that into Marlin, which is all about this guy who has like a dark side to himself, like this dark inner turmoil, and every once in a while it bubbles to the surface and he becomes a maniac and then it goes away again. He throughout the book three different characters read *Steppenwolf*, which is a novel about werewolves. So like I, I got that from *Evil Dead*, and then I watched this, and I'm like, oh dude, like book, yeah. fucking love book humor, especially in horror movies. It's always fun. Um, but I love that they ha- he has a really excellent um vocabulary. He talks about, um, he's like, well, actually, Angela, Yonic imagery is extremely important in what we do. She's like, Yonic? He goes, um, opposite of phallic? It's lady parts. But, like, that, the, the term Yoni or Yonic comes from Tantra, or Tantra, I suppose I should say, and Kundalini. Right. The, this whole, like, uh, like, Eastern religious system based around, like, energies in the body. That's where that term comes from.
1: He's ex- he, he has that knowledge. He's yeah, he's very, very well, well read, read. learned. Yeah, yeah. He's
0: extremely learned. Um, there's a lot. I think I just
1: I think I just went into ketosis.
0: <laughs> Are you, you starving? Starving a little, or you got no, ke- no, no keto no. breath? I,
1: is I I got suddenly it's like because I'm on this like it's been like three days and like suddenly as I'm like I haven't had a mask on for a couple of days either because I've had a few days off, but which is nice. I'm like, oh oh there it is there's the, there's the keto breath back again oh, oh did i um i might have to i may have to do a pee strip after this see where i'm see where i'm landing yeah dude do it hey,
0: did you sorry that was
1: just i know it's so random but like i no. couldn't not smell it anymore i'm like i
0: think i just i think i just went into ketosis like 10 minutes ago you're good dude what well, uh when was gonna be? you texted me the other day i've actually been curious about this when are you gonna restart the the keto thing or have you already
1: I'm in the process of like weaning myself off car. I don't want to hit that fucking flu like I did last time, so I'm doing the the Thomas DeLauer method. He's a, like a YouTuber, or whatever, but right, um, big advocate. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast a bunch of times. He's like, there's several ways to do it. If you hit the flu bad, just don't feel like you got to drop everything at once, cold turkey. Like you can slide yourself in.
0: Yeah, just you know, g- like, gentle, gentle transition.
1: Gentle. So cool. today is the first day. Well, uh, well tomorrow will be because I want to enjoy some. Tasties with you and Bird and, and we'll have This evening but tomorrow right. will be the first official Day of like the Cold trigger but it's been like three or four days of like the Weaning right now yeah
0: I also figured since It was going to be around five o'clock I don't know if the, I think they'll still be open at that point but If you guys are down we'll get Spanglish too and I know that's, yeah, that shit ain't Fucking keto at all <laughs> All right. No,
1: but Daddy got to have a fat Tuesday damn, on Thursday. Damn
0: skippy, baby. Um. All right. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. let just... return of Carl's keto corner. Yeah. You just Carl's keto corners return, and you heard us making our dinner plans for later. You're welcome. You're all family. Yeah, I-, I like the personal. The personal episodes always are my favorite because it feels like we're talking to friends, you know, which in we are.
1: <laughs>
0: Except that one guy who just like rage listens to us, and he's like these fucking idiots. They're so boring, but I listen to every episode of comment on it. <laughs> Because dude, that's a thing though that really is. It um, is. okay, here's another thing that I only noticed the second time through all right, I will may a culpa this hundred percent. This is something I was Fair enough. I was going to tell you this during the mask episode, and I just forgot. So I actually watched each of these movies twice, the mask and behind the, or, and behind the mask, because the first night I did it. To s- I sat down, we were going to double feature him I was like, you know what, the first one up is the mask I'm going to smoke a little weed I'll be pretty chilled out by the time behind the mask comes around And I'll be good I just, I don't know what the fuck was in that joint That I rolled, but I was <laughs> Dude, I was, I even told Bird Blueberry pancakes or the fuck you Blueberry headband, it was, I think it was That's Blueberry it headband with Keef from Orange Dream Like sprinkled into it I don't know why I thought that was what I should go for But I, 20 minutes into the mask I told Bird, I'm like Babe, I'm gonna have to watch this again. I got no fucking idea what's going on, but I love it. It was awesome. Like both both movies. That's I was... the way
1: I want to. That's the way I want to watch the
0: mask. <laughs> it was <laughs> like it was like the same level as the first time I watched with and I. Just like profoundly stoned. You know what I mean? Just everything on the screen was just golden and magical. So the first time I watched Behind the Mask, I was I was definitely like leveled out. So I took some notes, but. I added notes to my notes On second watch Adding context to shit that I had noticed One of my favorite wow. fucking moments in this movie Is when Eugene Everyone's sitting in the living room It's when the documentary crew They're over visiting Eugene and Jamie And they're all sitting in the living room With like coffee after dinner And Eugene leans over to Leslie And he goes You got you got your red herring all worked out? And Leslie goes Yeah, she spends a lot of time in the library And it's Incidental almost background dialogue Because it's just kind of like caught by the documentary crew It's not; re- it's kind of the subject of the shot But the shot's not really well framed So it doesn't seem important But the next thing that happens is He walks them through his amazing plan To go to the library and scare this girl And at the end of the movie We find out that the girl we think is the final girl Has never been the final girl And you realize they're talking about The red herring to is confuse the real final girl in front of the final girl it is amazing that's just so
1: fucking good man
0: dude it's all through here and then i I even that's almost
1: that's almost like christopher nolan writing like the that that level of like
0: memento yeah this is is like memento era nolan where it's you got you got your red herring worked out she loves to go to the library hey by the way film crew we're gonna go do this thing at the library and you're on second watch you can't believe that you missed it the first time yep you're like how the f-? like the movie basically tells you from frame 1 how it's going to end but until you have the key which doesn't come the first time you watch the movie the key is when angela realizes you you ca- actually kind of get it maybe a little sus- suspicion i
1: if i'm going to try and remember 2006 Carl. Yeah. Watching this. It's when Leslie Vernon, when they're sitting, everything is done. Everything is set up. They got about 20 minutes before the kids start to show up. Mm-hmm. And it's Leslie Vernon and her. They're chilling in the barn in the in the loft. Yeah. And they're looking out. And he's like, I'm just so happy. I don't think I've ever been quite so happy. And she grabs his hand and he turns to look at her and he's crying and he can't quite like make eye contact with her and then does. Yeah. And it's like for a split second, his face sort of shifts and changes yeah. when he's looking at her. And you're like,
0: oh, 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 you're the one. What- oh, oh. <laughs> one of my favorite parts about specifically their relationship is when he's saying like, um, uh, when they go to spy on the like diner girl <clears throat> and she goes back right. into the diner and he goes, actually, but people don't realize this, but a lot of the outcome of these situations depend on Depend on them How things go from this point on Depend on what she does It's up to her The next thing he does After he says Depends on Depends on what she does It's up to her He turns around And they're in the van And he goes "All right, this is it We're gonna go and make contact With the girl With the 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 subject For the first time This is where it gets serious You're either in or you're out So What happens next Depends on what Decision Angela's about to make It's Dude, it's really—I'm not joking. This movie is really, really well written, like crazy well. Um, there's that moment, then there's this moment later, where. So remember earlier when he was talking about this? You need okay, you need a final girl, but you also need a supporting cast. The documentary yep. film crew is not big enough to be the supporting cast, which is they why he
1: need the kids.
0: Which is why he structured the way that he structured. Yep. And what I love most you can't just kill three people. Right, it's not enough, not enough meat. There's not going to be enough blood on the screen. The viewers will demand more than that. It's like how in funny well, games. Well, that
1: and when it come, that when it comes down, it's like it's not very impressive. That that headline reads like a uh, n- uh, news crew found mutilated in van, right? And you might forget about it, or it's like the third page. But if it's a house full of kids.
0: And Leslie Vernon's house, fucking
1: documentary crew, yeah, at Leslie Vernon, yeah,
0: which he technically owns in a trust, and he keeps like power out to there, dude. That oh my god, like the the explanation of how these like
1: technically it's in a trust, and so
0: I could I could come forward and claim it, but I can't, you know, I wouldn't do that because everyone thinks that I'm dead. Like this does ruin it. This does explain like why Camp Crystal Lake has never been demolished. And why the old Myers house is still there, unsold. They own they these own They trust. own these places, yeah, in trust, to keep their myth going. Fuck, so good, love it. Um, <laughs> a, Oh, a lot of what... A lo- Just keep renting the Amityville house, it's fine. There's one... <laughs> That's for sale again, by the way. I know, I s- actually saw that online the other day. Ed Gein's property's up for sale, too. Yep,
1: there's a few of them that are up for sale now. For some reason, they've all fallen into, like, my... It's probably because I've been watching like horror movies recently, <laughs> but there are a lot of uh, like the about uh, the, four or five different like haunted horror houses are up for sale right now for like
0: pennies on the dollar. Uh, it's well, kind of fucking. sick We're in an economic downturn, so I think a couple of us all get together. We build a little like commune style situation out on Ed Gein's property. Put up the a real
1: fck baby. Per,
0: put up a yurt right over where the old house used to be before the villagers burned it down. I don't know, dude.
1: I mean, I'm I'm not about poking a bear,
0: but I know my um, off my office is pretty profoundly haunted. I can't even imagine what yeah. like living on Ed Gein's old house would be, would be like. It's pretty um, spooky in there. There is um there is one thing in my office, yeah, definitely. Um, now that I have a new typewriter too, I think it's getting a little noisier. Um, there's a uh, there is one line in here that I thought was. It's the only moment that feels like it's steps this movie steps kind of through the fourth wall sometimes with its references and mm-hmm. stuff. you're talking about um how with the new Star Wars movies, they really just push the fandom button yep. there is a there is a dig at modern horror movies in here, which I really enjoyed uh which is oh, a lot of what we do is c g i because this is o six this is the era yep. of hey, we can do fake blood. Hey, we can have people's and arms. It's really
1: not good. Yeah, and it <laughs> yeah. looks
0: like dog shit. And the way that yep. he says that in a movie that's filled with practical effects, the way that he says that, it's pretty obvious that the filmmakers are shitting on like the 2006 CGI. Because there is
1: not a computer anywhere near the effects in this movie.
0: Yeah, this is Practical City. And actually, I can't remember the guy at the beginning. I, I, I am so sorry, horror movie fans. The guy who did the effects for. This movie no I'm sorry I'm wrong I don't know who did the effects for this movie I just watched Predator and the guy who did the effects oh. For Predator is like big famous That's Stan name. Winston is it Stan Winston Yeah yeah he did I was gonna say Dick something but I'm thinking of Dick Halloran is what it is yeah but the The goop in in Predator is like spot On this also very much So I uh, I, th- I was surprised by how Off screen The deaths are for the Most part in this movie Um, The first two kids who get killed while they're having sex, we don't see them at all. We get the
1: reaction of film crew.
0: That's it. Yeah, we get the reaction of film crew, but we don't even see the bodies because Leslie cleans them up. Cleans them up entirely. Um, Yeah. So I I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. The the person who gets murdered in the basement off camera. Then you
1: know that could. I mean, they probably didn't have the budget
0: for it, man. Yeah. And
1: that's how you do it. They they. It's it's fucking Spielberg's Shark all over again, and it fucking works.
0: I agree. You don't I, have I, the
1: budget to do it right. Don't do it. Find a creative way to do it.
0: Yeah, f- uh, if you can't show, me, if you can't show me, find find a fascinating and and compelling way to tell me, which is what this movie does. It, yeah, my, that wasn't a complaint at all. I really like that the because Jog it so much. We definitely do get some gory ass deaths in we here. Get some gloops. There's definitely sure. some gloops. I, they they made. They made very they made out very well with what they had to work with definitely yeah. um <laughs> now it's just all like dialogue. I love the <laughs> I love when so we go to the library and we bop out into the vignette i one of the things that we should have picked up on when we first watched this movie is that Leslie really. Really has a comprehensive understanding of how people behave because when yes. he says like, oh yeah, when she finds the old news clipping, the the old librarian will probably say something like, "Don't worry, it's just a story," and then she'll you know make the connection, and then hopefully she'll go to the file, she'll find the reference on her uncle, and then blah blah blah. That is, so I've already
1: switched out the micro with the fake story with yeah. the fake
0: story, right? And then like that all falls into place. And during the vignette, when we get the the old librarian lady, and she's like. Oh dear, paid no attention to that. It's just a story. It's like not exactly what he said, but it's basically Close what he enough. said. And then he does it again at the end of the the movie is telling you that Leslie knows everything. And we're just not fast enough to keep up with him. Just like our kids. He knows more than we fucking think he knows too, which yeah. is
1: the the genius of this movie yeah. is the final girl twist, man, and totally. how much Leslie had set up.
0: Yeah. When he pulls, Eugene
1: and his wife know about. I mean, they're all in on it. It's just one of those fucking beautiful moments in in movies, man. Where I, you're just like,
0: it's it's almost as though, awe. yeah, it's almost as though the movie like pause when you realize what's happened. It's almost like the movie freezes and then your brain plays back line. You hear like lines yeah. echoing. You re see scenes and you're like oh shit it's all coming it just da, 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 it's- you're
1: having that thing that a that a lesser movie would have done for you by d- having that part of the movie yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it happens a lot in, in poopy movies right where they like, show remember, you- remember 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 yeah. like, yes god damn where it
0: you- fuck i was doing it where you don't even rem- you did it for me fuck when you completely disrespect your audience and treat them like idiot children um,
1: it takes the shock and the twist away when you do that. Yeah, totally. It just makes it something cheap. And, like, if it was well-earned, you totally fucking just threw that away now because yeah. you're
0: this beating is... me over the
1: head with the... See the twist? Did you see it? Did you see it? You didn't, did you? You didn't, did you, you piece of shit? You didn't see our twist, you fucking Look asshole. Look at it again you in slow see motion. Look. Oh. Like we make it, we're going to make it black and white this time when we go back. <laughs> black and white. Black and white, remember? We're going to put it in echo cannon. I was just going to say like throw an echo it's effect really on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where it's like, "Hey, hey, did you get your red herring 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 figured out?" Oh no. But um, it's, it's the bit where he kills I've
2: never been so happy
0: yeah, hey, yeah exactly they show you all those Fucking moments again but I love The bit where he kills the two kids Who are having, having sex and he comes back in And he's like alright so next thing Wait what's, go- what's wrong T- Oh it's Taylor the girl's name is Taylor Yes thank you He's like, I didn't even look at a note I just came, came to me Because I was going to do dialogue and the name came So I was like Taylor what's wrong Alright everybody outside And he drags yep. them out And he gets He gets them out there And the first Fucking thing He says Like what Why are you doing this Les And he goes Cause you've a look What look The We can't just stand around And let this happen look And then Fast forward Five minutes He said goodbye to everybody He pieces out Taylor's feeling kind of weird She slaps the camera Out of the guy's face And he goes Why are you being this way And she says We can't just stand here And let this happen, let this happen. <laughs> And that When she says, and he
1: gives her yet another choice too.
0: He Ah. said, "Yeah, you can walk away. You can leave. She has to choose. That's a big part of this. And actually, if you think about, if you think back through slasher movies, our final girls usually have an opportunity or several to get away, to not engage with the evil. They have to choose to engage with this evil force. And they
1: wouldn't be wrong to like run away either. Yeah, some other people might." Get nuked in the process, but it's not up to you to like put your. I mean the choice I would yeah yeah I, I would I would hope I would hope that I would the choice but who knows, given that situation anyways
0: and I was trying to think because I he says like, well, what happens if the she she asked him, what happens if the final girl does kill you? you know like what if she gets the weapon and makes it through the orchard and then kills you? and he goes, if that happens, then I'm the happiest man alive happiest. yep. And I'm a happy boy. I think he actually says, I'm the happiest man alive, which is very important when we talk about the very end of this movie. But, like, in a way, because this whole thing is ostensibly about the battle between good and evil, I love this idea that in order to be the final girl, in order to even have a remote chance of surviving this, anybody who tries to flee a confrontation with evil dies. Mm-hmm. If you willingly choose to confront and destroy evil. There's actually not to derail us a ton. There is an analog in occult thought in magic. It's called. There's a. There's this ordeal called the Chapel Perilous. Robert Anton Wilson writes about it. Grant Morrison writes about it. Alan Moore mm-hmm. writes about it. It's big in chaos magic and um at like esoteric ritual traditions from uh, the UK. Basically, it's this moment in every magician's career, in every magician's path where they have to confront uh, Alistair Crowley called it the the abyss. It is the the void beyond which ego cannot survive. Essentially, you go through it. And a lot of a lot of magical texts say it's, it's not something you recognize until you're inside it. Um, mm. A lot of people get to the gate of the chapel perilous, where you will emerge changed from it, and they'll get to the gate and sit down and never enter, metaphorically speaking, right? That Those people who don't engage with the chapel perilous and are instead battered to death on its walls are the rest of the victims. You have to make a choice to open that door and go through the most profoundly egoic self-destruction. When you emerge from the other side, you are not the person who entered. But when you emerge, that thing that emerges is the final girl. So like I, dude, I fucking love this idea. Wow, dude. Yeah, these supernatural serial killers are that thing which will temper us and and prove the inherent good. Like that, I love that. I love this idea. Um, I've completely forgotten how I got here. But no, oh man, that's
1: like I'm just <laughs> mind blown. There's so many pockets of just
0: yeah, totally. I I think mini mind
1: explosions.
0: I think I part of so much part of why we're able to do that is because this movie doesn't spell everything out. It just gives you the big powerful symbols with which to play.
1: Well, it feels like it does because of the way it's, oh my God. It's like like you get the heavy
0: explanation.
1: Yeah. This movie gives you the big, Mm -hmm. but it leaves all the little bread for you to find. It's fucking delicious.
0: Right, right. It gives you impressionism and you make it as real as you want, which I, I love. Um, So there's this, there's this great, there's this great bit of dialogue. Um, I'm really just down to, uh, I'm really just down to like doing like, like dialogue at this point for my notes. But um, right. one of my favorite bits is when they're hanging out with Eugene and um, Jamie the second time after they've come into contact with uh, Doctor Halloran. Yes. So he gets Leslie gets shot in the shoulder, and they're watching the footage back, and Jamie goes, "Oh, he shot, he shot you." Oh, that was your first one, and she's ple- she becomes pleased that was your first one did it did it hurt and i I'll never do justice to Nathan basil's delivery. It is perfect because he's like he kind of absentmindedly like rubs the shoulder that got <laughs> shot and he goes, no, it feels all right. I was wearing a vest. it's fine just like so I actually I have the same note for two movies, which I kind of hate doing because it make I feel like I just got in a rut for some reason with performance, but Nathan Basil reminds me in his performance style of Robert Downey Jr.
1: Yes, he's a bit of a mix between Robert Downey Jr. and a little bit of a more sleepy Jim Carrey. Not quite as like cartoony, but if you were to if you were to um, dilute Jim Carrey down to his like the core of what makes him funny and his man, you know, I gotta do that. That cardio, these guys are just fucking insane. Yeah. Like, oh my god. A little bit of that with a little bit of Downey Juniorism and I think you that's like what this Leslie Vernon yeah. um, performance is.
0: I agree. I agree. I feel like the the quick delivery and mannerisms are Robert Downey Jr's and that like that almost unnatural grasp of like clown clownish humor. You know, it's a mm-hmm. really refined Leslie
1: Vernon, he's very funny. He's very not clown like, but he's just He's a he's a likable guy. If he were talking about car insurance instead of murdering people, you'd be like, I want to be this guy's best friend. Oh. And he is talking about murdering people, and you still kind of feel the same
0: way. You'd buy a car from this dude. Oh yeah, I, I would oh, buy yeah. a car from this guy definitely. Um, wh- but not only he's funny, but remember do you remember the see ce- the sequence where Taylor goes to try and talk to who they think is the final girl at that point and Hot ha- Halloran. Like confronts them and then they get back to the van and Leslie's waiting for him and he goes do you want to just pretend that we've already had the conversation we're about to have and she keeps giving him shit and she's like well you're not you're are you who even are you you're not really Leslie Vernon you're Leslie what what happened in Vegas the second she says Vegas. There's this moment where Leslie, who's been very kind, he's like Taylor. I don't. I I gave you guys a chance, and you're fucking it. And he's being Leslie Vernon that we know and love, and he's so funny. And she mentions oh, Vegas, man. and she gra- he grabs her by the throat, and slams her into the side of the van, and gets his face about an inch from her face, and it is to this actor's credit. He's a brilliant comedic actor, but when mm-hmm. he cr- crushes all that down and puts on his Stone cold killer face, the the man who takes lives as his life's vocation. Yeah. When he goes shark eyed on her and has her by the neck, that is viscerally frightening. Your your stomach plummets in your in your body. Yep,
1: it's an incredible think one of the one of the most incredible scenes that pulls that off from with with his performance. Yeah, and just makes my oh! stomach turn to think about it is oh in the God. apple orchard when the, when the film guy, when the cameraman's like, Leslie, you know me. You know me, no, dude. No, he doesn't you know go me.
0: through the orchard. He runs through the field. Oh, he's in the field and he, get all mucked up. And well, remember stuck. it's the field where blood rises the up. The blood and field, right. Blo- he runs out into the yep. blood field. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Leslie, you know me,
1: man. You know me. I'm Chuck or whatever. And he takes, he's able to get a hand on Leslie Vernon's mask and pull it off of him. He, and the look on his face is like madness has taken over. But it's still him, but it's not. It's the weirdest fucking face I've ever seen. It's like i'm it's like another mask, and it it's just oh my god, it's getting me all kinds of crazy, yeah. like yeah, yeah. goobity doos. But it's, that is like, then he, then he kills the dude. Yeah, and it's, puts it's, the mask back on, and there's no there's no human left anymore. It's not even Leslie anymore. Well, it's goes, another.
0: The guy in the ground goes, "Let me see you. I want to see you." So yep. I, th- I, I might be misremembering this. So I'll watch it again. But the guy, the guy on the ground pushes the mask up. But when he says, I want to see you, I think Leslie. No, because, yeah. Does he take his mask all the way off or does he just leave he it takes on his it head? All the way... I think he takes it all the way off. I think he takes it off, too. Uh, but the I love we're actually going to talk about this in the next film. The difference between looking at someone's face and looking at someone who has a mask between you and them and how dehumanizing right. that is and what distance that creates and I, I really adore this moment as a you're right as a profound and horrifying moment to let the guy on the ground see not the supernatural killer I, I to me that was very intentional on leslie 's part at this point in the movie, this is not Leslie Vernon the supernatural serial killer killing you you i'm going this is me. Leslie the man who's been With you and talking to you
1: and yes I do know you and yes I will Be killing you now
0: yeah he I love that he lets the myth It feels like a very it almost feels Respectful I'm not gonna kill you With this lie you know like Because we know that he wasn't I like that read yeah he wasn't he wasn't Kidnapped as a boy he wasn't thrown over A waterfall he's not really coming Back from the grave he's like just a guy who's creating A myth and he's like you know what the fact that he knows that he's gonna die and he says, I-, I wanna see you I think Leslie's like, You're gonna you wanna look at this head on. All right, okay, you know what? Yeah, I will do you the I will do you the not the honor, I will respect you right. enough to kill you as me. Because you mean more to me than that. So he kills him as that's himself. That's a
2: pretty cool read.
0: It's fucking that. that's a really intense moment in this movie, man. It's it really is. That that was I kind of like, That was a tough one for you, me. You, that was a little that was a little whew. and it's so the movie's Ugh. so lighthearted and funny and goofy and interesting. And still now. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. you don't. You're not ready for it cuz you're like that was that was genuinely brutal. But but we just like
1: Taylor in the film crew. This is what we've been asking for the whole time. Yeah. We're following a murderer around, stalking his prey until the moment of And now he's t- of actualization. Now he's doing it and now I'm upset and my tummy hurts because you're actually Killing someone oh, now? My,
0: you remember earlier we were talking about the the people who idolize Fight Club and who love Joker yeah. and think that they want to put makeup on their face and shit? Th- if those, this moment is, this film crew are those fans. They follow around the Absolutely. killer and they're like, this is so cool, this is so cool. And then he walks into another room and ends two lives and comes back in drenched in blood with Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 no, 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 no. no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think there's God.
0: a I think there's a whole lot of people who think that I'm the joker and I'm so I'm I'm wicked and I'm a chaotic and I think there's a lot of people who if they were in the same room as a monster, if they were around somebody who was killing somebody else, they would shit fucking bricks and kill themselves if they had a chance. Yep. And this moment in this movie really springs that home. Yeah, you know? sure does, doesn't it? Shit, I oh, it's so good. There's a Remember I was talking about Man Bites Dog earlier? I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. Carl. I'm just, like, screaming things I love at you at this point. I'm aware okay, of it.
1: love it. These are some of my favorite episodes to actually <laughs> listen back to.
0: <laughs> where, where it's just, like, we watch Brazil, and then you're like... Well, and it's
1: just, like, a love letter yeah, from well- <laughs> Maxwell to the gnome and other films like it.
0: <laughs> I just... it It's so... As you get older, you've and you've seen more films, especially in the genres that you love, it does become harder to find new good shit because you've kind of started to see Absolutely. all the good shit. Now, I'm I'm not look, I'm not being bougie. We're like, we don't make good stuff anymore. Like, dude, we haven't seen we're gonna watch Midsummer soon. I haven't seen that. And I'm pretty fucking positive it's a masterpiece. So But yeah, yeah it's cool to run into new stuff that's this goddamn good. Um so, and the
1: great the this new stuff that came out
0: 14 years ago. I know, right? Like I mean, then again, have you watched um have you watched the uh, oh Santa Slay? Have you, like there's there's old stuff.
1: Oh, no, with Goldberg. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's there's old stuff that's kind of gold too. And then there's shit Gotta, that's gold yeah. if you oh, anyway. Um so I was talking about Man Bites Dog and how the film crew becomes more complicit. Pumpkinhead and- Dude, we have to do Pumpkinhead this year in October. I know it's not on our list for like this Halloween season. Like speaking
1: of Stan Winston, we could just do a Stan Winston month. That way, we get Predator in, we get um, uh, we 100. get Pumpkinhead in. I'm we, totally down. We get Terminator in. Yeah,
0: <laughs> just do a all- Stan Winston special effects extravaganza. Oh, I
1: hope would be so happy.
0: So, anyways, in man, bites you're talking about man bites dog. In man bites dog, one of the one of the real. Interesting elements of that movie is how the film Crew becomes more complicit in the crimes as the Film progresses and There's this interesting bit as They're walking the grounds the night that They're prepping for the the final Showdown um, And they get to the barn And Leslie's like he He's walking with Taylor and he goes oh we're getting down to the end here And he pauses and he turns and looks at Taylor and he Goes why don't you take a shot at it And you realize That this seems like a casual calm conversation but they're discussing something that's going to happen that night. And what Leslie's done is he's put Taylor in the driver's seat. Describe to me how you would kill these teenagers. And Taylor sits in the she sits in the 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 murder seat for a second. She puts on the mask for a second and says, "Oh, okay, well the this would probably happen, and then she's gonna screw, and then you leave some bodies, and then she's gonna go, and Leslie, I love the, how Leslie does this series, like, yeah, yes, no, 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 nope, no, 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 no stop, sl- stop, slow down, go back, you've forgotten something, and that's when hollering shows up, the Ahab, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, my fucking favorite part of that is, he does, that is the he moment Almost when he's, exactly he sh- at the moment, it shows you how dialed in again, Leslie is, it, and if you, man, if you didn't, if you didn't know, I, I love. Okay, the cider press. The cider press makes no fucking sense when you see it. You're like, I don't, I don't understand. It's gonna it. cause
1: someone a bunch of pain tonight, and he knows that that's where he's going to end up. Oh, oh dude, I the,
0: guarantee it. The the actual the the like f- from the film line is there. What's with the cider press? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen with the cider press? He goes, well, I'm gonna take some apples and I'm gonna press a uh, press them uh, press, um, press them into cider. And <laughs> he just laughs like she's an idiot But the only reason he's doing this Is to show her How to operate the cider press Angela needs Because yep. how many people have fucked around With the cider press? Not many She needs to know how this works So he presses a bunch of apples So she knows this is the lever you turn This is how you close the press This is how you lock the press This is info that Angela, or, I'm sorry, Taylor needs She needs to know, otherwise he doesn't get his ending. And I love this is. I think this is an important moment in this film, and I cannot fully unpack it yet. So I want to throw it out to you. I think it's gonna need. I'm gonna need some watches because, um, he go. So he goes like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna squish some apples and make some cider, ha ha ha." And one of the film crew, I think it's Taylor, asks him, "What? No, but what about what? What are you gonna do with it tonight? What What happens tonight?" And his line exactly is. Tonight, I'm going to hurt somebody. That's it. In a weird way, he's not wrong. He kills a bunch of people, but even Taylor, it costs Taylor something profound yeah. to crush Leslie's head in that cider press. Or does Yeah, she... he's
1: hurting her, but he's turning her into a killer herself. Yeah. So that's what
0: I'm re- going to, yeah. Not, not. Because to hurt. Oh, go ahead. Oh, to, to, I, I think that rather than like, yes, he does make her a killer, but a killer in the way that St. Michael is a killer for vanquishing a dragon. Right. You know, like, I think what he's saying is, I'm going to apply. I, he, yes, he, he means it on, it's it's like every fucking line in this movie means seven things, but he's going to hurt some people, literally. He's going to hurt himself.
1: He's, he's going to have his heads between this vice, and he's also going to have to take a burn.
0: I, yeah. So yeah, I love that he says I'm gonna hurt somebody and not I'm gonna hurt some people. I'm gonna hurt a bunch of people. I'm gonna hurt somebody, one person. Man, yeah,
1: I think because he's talking about it's a question. He's answering a question about this press in particular. I think he's talking about himself. Yeah. He's gonna I'm gonna hurt somebody. I'm gonna hurt me. I'm gonna have to get my head in this vice. I'm gonna have to pretend like I'm dead and. And he even tells that I have something I've added for my own self to the jolly's he's putting on. There's a fire retardant. Yeah. And that's a throwaway line. Yeah. But yeah, he's going to have to hurt himself in order to, like, I think he's talking about himself. He's probably talking about 18 other things too. But right. I think in that moment, working that press is a, like, what about tonight? Well, I'm going to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah, I'm so i I'm, I'm gonna... I'm glad you brought up the throwaway line with the the makeup where he's like, I've added my own blend to it. So it's uh it's flame retardant, which... Explain is a is a fun way to explain Why so many of these serial killers can catch Fully on fire and then survive without too much Damage but
1: Still don't know how that stunt Halloween 2 is alive but hey.
0: you know we never Looked into it man he honestly might have Died that might have been like uh Like we should have watched the credits where it's like In loving memory of Memorial right? <laughs> <laughs> because Fuck dude he walks he Boy howdy what? Yeah, that's fire, just baby. It's just a ton of fire. That's fire for a long time. That guy's like way on fire. <laughs> still, I Left still a
1: shadow on the wall.
0: Yeah, Fuck. dude, I'm. I'm. You know, okay, let's let's check back in with each other. Is that still the best burn you've seen to this day? Because that's still my number one burn. Period. For sure, yep,
1: number one. Halloween oh 2,
0: listener. Check that shit there out. There are
1: many like it, but that one is ours. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Oh hell yeah. Um, so I love. I love his goodbye to the to the film crew, where he's like he shakes every he goes around he shakes everyone's hand. Um, He gets to he gets to the last guy. The I think it's meant to be the um, the the like cameraman who's got the one eye. You know the actor who has Mm -hmm. like the eyelid that's down just a little bit, very distinctive. He's got the this guy's got the eyelid like that. I'm pretty sure this is the guy. Their business. Yeah, who talks to um who talks to Leslie and he says uh, uh, he, he's thanking everybody or shaking everybody's hands and he shakes that guy's hand and Leslie says, thank you. Best of luck the rest of the way. And that cameraman says, yeah, you too. But what they're talking about, because Leslie knows everything that's going to happen. Leslie knows that he's going to be trying to kill this dude in like the next 20 minutes and he wishes him luck. Because they're, they mm-hmm. are friends in this moment. Sincerely,
1: this is, I think, yeah.
0: This is before the Leslie Vernon mask really comes down. And he. Yeah, uh, there's
1: a little bit about the way he walks away after that, like shaking their hands the best of luck. He's almost a little bit like the way he flings the scythe down. He's almost a little bit like, God damn it. I have to fucking kill these people now.
0: Fuck. Shit. There is emotion there, there is feeling there. Yeah. Um but I love that where where he wishes this guy luck he's like best of luck and it's chilling to me that that dude says <laughs> yeah you too good luck good luck Fuck. killing me and my friends yeah dude It's fucking it's fucking rowdy <laughs> oh. Um this is the first moment in this movie where our film crew appear in a vignette All the because vin-
1: it's the only vignette now this is just movie now
0: yeah, from in
1: the horror movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so this is, this is the moment where the documentarians, because all the rest of the scenes, the documentary film crew, we're, they're hidden around, you're, it's, they're in the background somewhere, and we're watching this horror movie. And now, now that the documentary is done, they enter the horror movie for the first time. Mm. Like, there's a documentary and there's a horror movie, and never the two shall meet until the moment that Leslie Vernon walks away from them.
1: Until the moment Taylor says, "Turn the camera off."
0: Turn the cam. Yeah, turn the camera off. The camera turns off, and we are now in the real world. And yeah. there, and there they are, a part of it. Um, were you? Was this a? Was the fingers a note, or was that a? I hit the pause, bu- or what was you do? Or you were signaling me, or no?
1: Was I? Never mind. Moving on. I don't remember. Um, oh, I was probably
0: being animated about something that
1: I had said was saying.
0: That's good. No, it's,
1: good.
0: it's good. It's good to be animated in an audio format. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Steel second. Steel second. Yes, exactly. Um, here's another thing you catch on second or third watch when he climbs in through the window and he's like, you know, oh, I uh, I took I took out, you know, um, he holds he holds his hand out and he's got spark plugs in his hand and he goes. Kind of hard to drive without spark plugs I don't plan on getting run over tonight Yeah, guess who's spark plugs It's the van's van's spark plugs It's the van's spark plugs He just walks Yeah, dude Because he knows they're not even going to take off in that van They're just going to come right back inside Hard to drive without spark plugs Took the fucking van's spark plugs And then he showed those kids the spark plugs he took out of their van That is crazy (laughs) I love that shit, dude Um Oh my god! I think I've watched this movie like fifteen times,
1: and I only caught it this last time. That oh shit! Those are the spark plugs from their van. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is. Uh, it was my second watch. Like, as, oh shit! As soon yeah, as soon as you he did son it. Son of a bitch! <laughs> son
1: of <right>. a bitch! I've <laughs> seen this movie fifteen times. Son of a bitch! He took <laughs> their goddamn son of a bitch. You're good, Leslie. You're real good. You're oh, you're
0: real good. God damn, you are smart as shit. God damn, you um, smart as shit. So, the first time I watched this, I finished this movie at like 1 in the morning, so I didn't I didn't watch the credits. Second time through, I realized there's a there is a credit sequence where there's they're doing going to do like the autopsy of Leslie Vernon and blah blah blah. Oh shit, you didn't watch the No, so the first time I watched it, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Right. So you so you know having watched it twice, once you watch that credit sequence, you know that Leslie doesn't die in the farmhouse. He obviously doesn't because we see him sit up on the gurney, you know, and he's going to kill this autopsy guy. But even before I saw that, the second time I was watching this, because I'm seeing all of like the magic tricks that he's using, his illusions, his acting, his misdirection, the double play of everything that he says. So I'm like, the second time I watched this, I'm like, you know what? It would be fairly easy for him to rig this cider press so that the so that the the handle screws down into itself and doesn't crush his head
2: he yep, has flame,
0: yeah he has flame retardant stuff on the knife is real like we we know that he get does get stabbed in the side oh yeah by his sickle he, he carries a sickle not a scythe. um
1: oh yeah that's right smaller i know i the... should
0: i really should be better about this i wrote like a whole thing about sickles and sides but um So he he does get stabbed in the side with a scythe And I like that that is real Sickle Sickle He does get stabbed in the side with a sickle (sighs) Sorry, I had to heavily scythe there for a second See what I did there? (laughs) Yeah, I got it Anyway, (laughs) it's important Because there's that whole bit There's one bit where they're talking about Why the final girl always reaches for a phallic weapon An axe, a knife The final girl is never running around with a gun And he explains... You kind of have to explain that away in the modern age because you give a final girl a gun and the, basically the movies are done. Over. Yeah. You know? So why do they always grab for this? And he explains that this is a very old thing that humanity does where you pit good against evil. We talked about this a little bit already with like the metaphor of the garden and the serpent, but like the fact that this is an ancient and ingrained habit or ritual or some fundamental building block of what it means to be part of human culture and civilization and to be a human being means that there are repeating motifs and trends. It's why they've created sacred yonic spaces and that they, cr- they venerate the female while simultaneously destroying it. In a weird way, horror movies are kind of a very insightful commentary on the history of men and women. If you look at specifically mm-hmm. the slasher genre, like, I'm... Th- this movie is we not
1: oogle at the, we oogle it the boogles and then we stab them.
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it is very illuminating and very chilling. I, I really I think that we can benefit as a culture from studying slasher films. I really Absolutely. think that's true. Um
1: There is there is a documentary actually that's um uh, his name was Jason, I think it's called. It's like a three hour I own it, uh, um and it goes through the whole Jason Voorhees like mythos, essentially. And how they are like sort of these modern legends and they're telling these stories that have been told forever and ever. And like the more yeah. his name was Jason. It's D- fucking, it's, it, it pegs on a lot of these like.
0: Do you own it themes. on like
1: disc? On DVD. DB- yep. can,
0: um, can I borrow it? Will you bring it yep, to dinner tonight? Absolutely. Night? Okay. I still yep. have, Um. Yep. I still have the Poseidon adventure. I can, do you want me to bring that back or do you want me to watch it and then bring it back? Oh, you should watch the fucking Poseidon. I was eventually. gonna hold off on it because the episode, but now we're living in like fucking COVID land, so I kind of just want to watch hey, it, a really stressful disaster. Just, just watch it, baby. Okay, just good. watch it, <laughs> bitching. Um, so I only really have one. The uh, yeah, this is the this was the the note, the idea, the concept that I wanted to go out on was this this uh, important interplay of like. Of of the the f- because there this is the only moment where Taylor gets pr- kind of uncomfortable during the interview. I mean, she gets uncomfortable s- several times because they're talking about yep. killing people and she doesn't really jive with that. But um, when she stabs him, he talk. I'm. We're, this is not the first movie to point out. I think actually seventy eight's Halloween is where this idea comes from with a knife as the penis which is mm-hmm. why the serial why the the murderers always stabbing these young girls who are all sexually active mm-hmm. he's punishing them you know like that it's it's kind of like one of the most popular metaphors that people apply is the patriarchy you know women show sexual agency or moral heavy air quotes obviously people I watched this movie stoned as fuck but like when kids are drinking or kids are doing drugs primarily the girls Mm -hmm. But like when they do morally questionable things When they taint their innocence with the Pleasures of the flesh they're punished By a phallocentric Authoritarian figure it's not Super hard to unpack This stuff but what I like About uh, another thing that I like About Leslie's breakdown of slasher Films and of this movie in Particular is that the girl The girl always grabs A phallus and like fights phallus with phallus If you will but Leslie makes an important distinction. He says, she takes my... Not a symbol of manhood. He says, she takes my manhood and empowers herself with it. Mm -hmm.
1: Danielle had a real hard time with that line.
0: Really? I'm like,
1: yeah. Okay. But I
0: get it. I think it depends on how you read it. I read that as castration. Metaphoric castration. Taking away the authoritative, phallocentric violence of the male. Mm-hmm. remove that and that threat goes away it's it's taking it's taking away the the violence inherent in that character that person that authoritative restrictive male you remove you take that weapon away from them whether that weapon be take feared, the yellow man's weapon away you could yellow man you
1: know, uh, it's for, uh, oh, yeah it's from
0: yeah, that yellow bastard yeah yellow i man. took his weapons i took his weapons away both of them both of them Just raw hands Pulls that fucker out Actually I, sh- I had a book Around here recently I was just reading About castration Recently for a short story There is a separate word It's a fun light read. You know It kind of fucked oh, me from up From the little. dick Or from the balls No there's a different word For when you cut them off There's a whole other word That means when you grab And pull out by the root there's a separate word that means specifically that Ripping geni- male genitalia off f- f- with your hand by the root is a different thing It's not called castration I was, I was going to have eggs for lunch
1: I don't think so anymore
0: Sometimes you gotta break a couple eggs You wanna topple the metaphorical patriarchy, Carl But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, what I like is Oh shit, I had, I had something Can I just babble at you and see if I find my way back to where I was going? Oh please Okay so like What I was thinking of Specifically that line it Takes my manhood away And empowers herself with it This idea of The specifically if, Here let's say, put it back In biblical terms Remember in like The Christian myth There's this whole Fucking stupid Sketchy thing where God makes man And he puts man Over woman And there's in, mm-hmm. It's in like Traditional wedding vows To honor and obey Your husband Meanwhile, the husband's vows are like, do you promise to like keep being awesome? Do it a bunch. Yeah, like that's that's the male's vows, and the women's (laughs) vows are like, do you promise to like scrub the floors and have lots of children and obey and blah, blah, blah? By taking away the weapon of the killer and utilizing it against him, by metaphorically emasculating this killer, I don't mean literally emasculating, I mean taking away that that supposed Because no one's arguing that the patriarchy, I mean no sensible people, are arguing that the patriarchy is like a good or natural thing. So by removing that, by taking that away, by taking away his weapon of violence, don't think of it as an actual penis, don't think of it as an actual weapon. Think of it as that metaphorical power disparity that exists between men and women. You take that away and you vanquish that thing that is the oppressive patriarch. I actually found that line to be the most feminist moment in the film rather than like, which is
1: so interesting because you can read it the other way.
0: Yeah. Like a woman needs a penis to be effective, you know, like, well, that's,
1: I mean, I think that's how Danielle took it.
0: Right. And that's how I took
1: it as well. I was like,
0: Oh man, you need to
1: have the, the dick in order to be effective. Or to to have any sort of agency, you need his cock.
0: Right. It's like that whole weird concept of, I think it's a Freudian idea, penis envy, that fucking stupid thing, you know, where women secretly all wish they had dicks, that whole fucking outmoded
1: I don't know, man. I I hate this thing. <laughs>
0: it's a fucking pain in my ass. It's definitely hard to. Uh, anyway, we're not gonna. I don't want to keep <laughs> clean. It's just like <laughs> there's all these weird hairs. Not really. It it gets, God, I don't have. A, I don't
1: have a dirty deck. I'm just saying, like,
0: no, Carl. It's too late. You can't walk this back, dude. You put yourself in the dirty dick box for the day, dude. <laughs> but they're weird looking. Yeah, I get it. No, but but seriously though, like, I like this idea of. What what our heroine does when she does this, when she takes away that weapon is to me, she sh- sort of metaphorically shatters the illusion of power. You know, it I, to me, it's not about literally having a penis. It's not about becoming more masculine or becoming yeah. a male. It's about dismantling that which creates this inequality of power. You I know? dig it. Yeah, I like yeah. it too. I I that lo- I actually I'm I can see completely where you and D are coming from, and this is just my own personal read. Like literally everything. I prefer
1: I prefer yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's... Well,
0: like, well, that puts
1: that puts Leslie Vernon on a whole other level of like, as an intellectual, as uh, from a morality standpoint, just where his, which is weird to say about a person that kills other people, but like. I don't know. No, in it's, in it's it's adding this whole level of like
0: uh, p- pathos what, and like nuance. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm I'm totally going to say pathos, but I'm like, is that right? I no, guess it, it is. It, right? it uh, a path uh, pathos might not be the right word here, but there's, I threw it in there. It's it it throws pathos, Porthos, uh, D'Artagnan, and DiGiorno. the right, exactly. Musketeers. Which, yeah, which one hangs from the
1: top of the cave
0: wall? That Let's... one is the is uvula, de uvula. <laughs> de apostrophe uvula deuvula the fifth, <laughs> fifth musketeer. Um, no, but yeah, like we're gonna watch a shitload more slashers because you and I are big yeah. horror fans, so we'll be able to circle back and and look at this again. but the way the reason the first time I saw this movie, I was with you guys. I thought that that line was a little troubling. Look, it's two thousand and six. Those movies, 2006 movies are still throwing around the the bad F word, you know, like this, this is maybe, yep. maybe this is insensitive. But then I watched it again and dude, he's talking about the womb as a, the womb as a sacred space, but which reinforces him as patriarchal figure, right? You mm-hmm. venerate, you put it up on a pedestal. Yeah. But then the whole goal is the destruction of that stupid ideology. The idea that you're trying to get to is that a woman overcomes this and destroys this paradigm you know by like by by rejecting innocence and of and refusing to Cower in fear of the repercussions She our heroine Has sex or she smokes some pot Or she drinks a couple beers and Rather than just go oh I did a bad Thing and die when the big patriarch Who comes along and says you are Unclean and stabs you to death Rather than that she stands up And rejects innocence And embraces life and refuses To be a painted doll And just die and she Tack she Bucks against it, tackles against it. I always found the tropes of slashers to actually be very feminist. Because if the slasher was the hero, I know that's how they're often treated. Yes, sure. slashers would be troubling as fuck. But the slasher's not the hero. The slasher is a force for evil who is destroyed by the end by strong, powerful female characters. I find that to be pretty uplifting. I like slashers a lot for exactly that reason. Um,.
1: I love our Jamie Strode's man. Yeah, dude, totally.
0: Jamie gets Jamie's, Jamie's smoking weed in the cop's daughter's car, <laughs> <Right>. and uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, man, fuck it, <laughs> you gonna come over, <coughs> baby later. Like, My what? dad, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and she, yeah. but yeah, no. Anyway, I really dug that. I was just th- I, the reason that I rethought that line was specifically Leslie's use of the word yonic. He knows yeah. what the yoni is. He understands opposite of phallic get it like he he understands the the differentiation the power yeah, dynamic he has
1: a deep understanding of it too he didn't just google the word and knows the uh, definition of it he knows its place in history right. and what it means at a very much a much more deeper level and
0: also it. as a it's as a closing thought throwing a word out there th- on a which word no he, he isn't just throwing a oh, word yeah, out yeah, there yeah. He, smart
1: he, he has a very deep understanding of what that means yeah it's part of his whole ideology
0: as my, as my final thought on this movie, I was just thinking about how we get again and again this recurring idea that the reason these men exist, the, the reason these people exist, is to pit good against evil. In order to appreciate all the good, you need something evil. But implicit in that is evil is not meant to win. Evil's just meant to be there for good to fight so the reason the reason that Leslie's here is not is not to destroy and kill and crush and it's to create this mythic moment where a woman no a woman overcame the you know this this like weird power disparity the the idea is that these evil characters are almost like sacrifices in the Service of feminine empowerment. Wow, that's a wild thing. Whoa! I know. What a, have to like. It's a fucking man, weird I'm read. I have to like work through that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm just, <sighs> I'm just thinking out loud. So, man, I've only yeah. seen the movie twice, but I have a lot of slashers in my head. That's so. gonna take
1: me a few days to unpack what you just said.
0: But I know there's there, a lot. Buddy. But I think it's a good spot to end with. So, um, and you know what, listeners, I if- thought it was really cool that time when he stabbed. <laughs> He stabbed the guy and took his heart out and he had his heart in his hand. <laughs> oh we my god, go we, didn't even, and, we didn't even talk about the post hole forget. digger where he puts... If somebody else tries yeah. to get in that shed, they're getting the post hole digger.
1: Post hole digger, fucking and it was him.
0: I, pulls a guy's heart out. Was
1: oh, one of the fucking, the, one of the stoners. The
0: stoners, is the second stoner, yeah. He pulls the stoner's heart out with a post hole digger and then puts the dude's still pumping heart in his own hand for him to look at as he dies. They saved their money for, like, a couple of gory bits. This is yep. one of them. They Holy chose so well the moments yes, to dude. spend that extra $450. When are you ever going to do gonna see right. that? When are you ever going to see that again? Post hole digger pulls a heart out, puts it in his hand with the post hole digger. It's, f- oh, my God, it's so funny, dude. It's, like, unbelievably <laughs> so funny. All right. I You know what, dude? I, 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, whatever scale you want to use. This movie for me, perfect score.
1: I, I mean, there's a reason I keep coming back to it, dude. Yeah. And, like when people say, hey, horror movies, right? Slasher films, right? I'm like, have you seen Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon?
0: Because if you haven't, listener, check that shit out. Um, I'm such
1: a fan of it that every once in a while, Joe Rogers will find like a poster or something. And he will always send me like, hey, do you want it? <laughs> right? So he knows. If you don't. If- hey, Leslie
0: Vernon. I saw I found a studio prop. Dude, if you're all if you're all full up on that shit, give him my contact info because I've I've been kind of thinking about getting some movie memorabilia for the uh, FZK specifically. Oh,
1: because well, as soon as we are plagued, we are ready to go for like fucking video. Yeah, dude. As soon as we're deplagued, we're gonna we're gonna need backdrop. We are definitely Send your, your poster donations to P.O. box. Don't have one yet, Traverse <laughs> City, Michigan.
0: <laughs> uh, we actually we actually may be getting our very first listener mail. Very shortly. This is a good way to That's segue awesome. into Patreon. Yeah. So I borrowed Bird's um P.O. box temporarily just so we would have a place to send shit, but one of our fabulous listeners and a patron of the show, Cassandra, is sending Ooh. a whole bunch of um it turns out she's way into rock hounding. Bird's dad is a rock Fucking hound sweet. and a jeweler. Yeah. So Danielle loves rocks and stones and and holy shit Dude it's on There's fucking a box A a legitimate There's a box of rocks coming to the FZK And we're sending out a box of rocks as well Like she's sending us a bunch of really incredible stuff That she's been finding on the beaches She lives in Florida So Okay well they
1: have some of those beautiful finds out
0: there Yeah she's trying to stay away from like the humans So she's been doing a lot of like rock Hounding and stuff and she's found some incredible, incredible rocks. So some is coming some of that's coming up. We're sending her like Petoskey stones, Michigan Green stones, so stuff that you get up here. here. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. So we got some we got <laughs> some so cool awesome. shit coming. And if you out there uh, would like to send us a box of rocks. Send us a box of rocks or support the show or just get, get to DM Carl and I and tell, tell us what you think and what's on your brain and what you want to hear. You can do that over at patreon.com slash quill and film. Q U I L L A N D F I L M. You can get uh, full-length bonus episodes. I'm talking like two-hour episodes on sequels, remakes, sh- one-off movies, things that we thought were too extreme for the main series. Although we're getting, you know, we did funny games well, over, over s- on the Patreon. We got to be about a
1: hundred episodes over there.
0: Got to be getting close. It's got. It's definitely over sixty.
1: Um, well, I was gonna say, like, we typically do two a month. For oh yeah, sixty, I would say. Yep. Yeah. Right.
0: yeah. We're we got and we've definitely done months with three. We've done month we've done some months with one. Uh during the quarantine we missed a month of Patreon episodes, but we're catching up on that shit right now. Um we do we do we're doing a series when Harry met Michael, we do all of the Harry Potter movies. we go back and forth between all the Harry Potter movies and all the Halloween movies. Um we have a lot of fun over there. The message boards are awesome. That's mostly where we communicate yes. with uh with fans and listeners to the show. If so, if you want to go be a part of that, go and check out our Patreon. You can also get shoutouts on the show, which sound a little something like this: We would love to. Th- these these are the people who keep the lights on. These are the some of these are the people who pick our programming by showing us fucking awesome movies, and those people are Brian Jackson, Connor Sweeney, Danielli Hartelli David Rowney, Jeffrey Morgan, Casey Shibe, Kelly and Mike Wagner. Really quick about Casey Shabby, by the way. My favorite thing about Casey Shabby. She's a longtime supporter of the show and a big supporter of the show too. She she's donated quite a bit of money to she's bought she bought one of our microphones essentially by herself. I was looking at her. God our, bless you. Yeah, seriously like we we've had some snafus and these these are the people who help us get through them and keep recording shit. Um but Casey is my one of oh, she's my favorite because she does not watch the movies. She listens to episodes. That's awesome. Yeah, she, for a long time, she wasn't even listening to episodes, but then she started, and that got her into watching more movies. John's kind of a film fan, so uh, her Sweet. husband, John, yeah. Um, so she's finally started like watching the movies, and my favorite thing is when she'll listen to an episode of you and I talking passionately, like, it was one of the single most profound moments in cinema history. The shot was so remote. We do like that, and then she'll watch the movie, and she's like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick up on anything that you guys talked about. I thought I kind of sucked. <laughs> it's just my. It's like they're like my favorite texts because I'm always like, oh, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. I'm like, that's... I'm so sorry, Carl and I are just sorry. very exuberant and we got overactive imaginations. You know, we watch Drive yeah. Angry and I'm like, Carl, this is one of the most philosophically fulfilling experiences. You know, and then, the
1: dude is literally surfing on the back of a fucking gas tank. Hell like, yeah, bro. What the fuck is wrong with you, Max? And then we watch it high at the Quillen filmies. And it's and like, I see now. Yeah, yeah. I see everything now. I see clearly.
0: I remember I remember watching that at the and filmies and just turning to you being like, Carl, do you get it? And you're like, I get it. I get Wait, it. Shut up.
1: Shut up. I'm watching you're it. You're ruining I get it. it. I really get it. You're ruining he's it. fucking her he's... while he's being electrocuted. She just She's came from a cattle while plot. While shooting him. Ah, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> backwards feet first out a window like pain glass come yep. on so yeah oh, so I, got it. I just love Casey never stop sending me your like confused and disappointed texts when you watch shit that Carl and I love I love them uh, we'd also like to thank Kelly and Mike Wagner uh, Kram Kevin Ramirez sister Sarah Hartley the legendary and delusive William Rockwood uh, Cassandra down in Florida it's wishing you bad. well stay safe keep keep finding awesome rocks and talking to me about magic and dms because i love i love anyone who will let me talk about like occult stuff and take it seriously cool glasses are those yours no they're fake they're not real do they yeah be wow. frames i kind of like they're them actually for
1: a, they're for my online character personality <laughs> flip <laughs> fandom flip fan- I'm flip fandon. what Welcome to Flip Fanny's fucking Final Fantasy Fridays where we play Final Fantasy on Game Break Studios. Let's go play it. We're going to be cloud strife today.
0: (laughs) Carl. (laughs) Carl, I'm fucking in love with this character, dude. (laughs) Is there shit online that I can watch of you doing that like for long periods of time?
1: You a private link to some of the stuff I'm cutting. (laughs) Uh,
0: Bless your heart, please do. I just want to watch you do that voice with those glasses on, man. That's just hilarious. Um, We do have one more patron. It's our most recent patron. Now, Last time I couldn't remember her name. I wrote it down this time, but you gave me a different name. Um so she's she's actually on the Patreon as Cynthia Van Manen or Manen. Um mm-hmm. but you call her Cherie. Oh yeah, this Cherie to her friends. Ah, okay. So we will th- I will thank. You can thank Cherie Manen and I will thank Cynthia Van Manen our newest patron. Welcome so much. We welcomed you last week, but I was Grigio drunk last week, so we're not going to count that. This is the real welcome to the FCK family. Um, yeah. So <laughs> if you want to drop us a line, I would actually really love to hear listener responses to this because I'm pretty sure I said some fairly controversial stuff about like slashers and metaphors and what they mean and feminism. Bit. It's all good. Yeah, dude. That's just these are just my opinions. So throw me, throw us your opinions at Measuring Flicks podcast. At gmail.com Thank you all so much for listening We're gonna get out of here We talked at a super long time About Behind the Mask The Rise of Leslie Vernon um, Highly recommend it Both There's Carl and better. I Oh you're back Okay I was vamping the whole time No one even knew you were gone Can you hear me? Carl is I can hear you Carl's masturbating his microphone I had us out clean And then you came back in Jacking your microphone off <laughs> This is the this is the content that you can expect Over here on <laughs>
1: Give us your money <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright Everybody go watch Behind the Mask The Rise of Leslie Vernon It's fucking killer We are wrapping up Until I put on the mask um, Next month Or next week We're going to be releasing The final film In this little This little Quattro I was shocked Carl I was shocked by this film And uh, And we're going to talk about it next week It is the, it is uh, the man in the iron mask. Fucking stay tuned, brah. Stay tuned. Get me off! <laughs> I don't know, I don't want it in this mask. Get up! The mask. <laughs>